just one time I take you home, okay? Uh-huh. Not your bad dad. Uh-huh. It's not like you helped me back there with that nut job or anything, you know? Uh-huh. You're right height, you're right there to grab his You can twist him. Why do you need a car? What are you talking about? This car. Which turn is it? Sage Terrace. Where's your sleigh? It's in the shop, getting repaired. Where's the reindeer? I stable them. Is it left or right? That way. Where's the stable? Next to the shop. How do they sleep? Where the reindeer standing out. But the noise, how do they sleep? What noise? From the shop. They only work during the day, all right? I thought it was always night at the North Pole. Well, not now. Right now, it's always day. Then how do they sleep? Oh, Sage Terrace. What is it with you, anyway? Somebody drop you on your head? On my head? Well, yeah, what, are they going to drop you on somebody else's head? How can they drop me onto my own head? No, not onto your... Uh, God damn it, are you with me? You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a greasy black peel. You're a rotter, Mr. Grinch. You're the king of sinful sots. Your heart's a dead tomato splotched with moldy purple spots, Mr. Grinch. Your soul is an appalling dump heap. Overflowing with the most disgraceful assortment of deplorable rubbish imaginable. Mangled up in tangled up knots. in 15 seconds after the hour of 11 in this, the month of December in the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed, yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970 The Talker. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming along. It is 503-733-2970. If you would like to join us uh, today, it is Thursday, and welcome to Day 12. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, we would like to join us with your uh, comments, questions, clarifications, conventions, ruminations, ponderings, musings, limericks, haiku. No haiku today, only limerick. Only limerick. And the first holiday limerick that's not profane will win. Wait, hold on. Richie, what do we have to give away? Do we have Hellboy 2 DVDs? Yes. Nothing Still says do anything last week. Jesus like Hellboy. All right. The first non-profane holiday limerick. That passes muster at the discretion solely of me, Rick Emerson. I will win a copy of Hellboy 2, The Golden Army on DVD. There you go. Bam! Because it's the holiday season and we're all about giving here at the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, first non-profane holiday limerick on the air today. Wins a copy of Hellboy 2, The Golden Army on DVD. 
Uh, one random on-air caller today wins a copy of A Man Called Flintstone on DVD. New from Warner Home Video, the original 1966 theatrical release. The full-length feature film starring Fred Flintstone from 1966 remastered on DVD with special features from Warner Home Video. A Man Called Flintstone. The one random on-air caller today. Also, because we are coming up on Christmas later on the day. This is actually really cool. We're going to be giving away a 24-disc set. The Flintstones, the complete series, 24 DVDs. That is a 24-DVD set. 166 episodes on 24 DVDs, over 70 hours of Flintstones fun, including uh, special features, a collector's edition box that's... Mu and this is badass, by the way. The box that it comes in looks like the Flintstones TV, like the TV that's made out of rock. It's like carved out of a boulder or something. Anyway, that's coming up later on today. It's going to be a fantastic program. One of the best we've ever had. All right. It is 503-733-2970. Thank you for coming along today. 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol, he's not really standing by at the moment because he's sort of sitting over here to my right, but he will be standing by, you know, like in the not-too-distant future. Uh, pass along observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, or what uh, Mr. Malvert used to call the absurd. All right. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. You can email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Uh, Sarah at 970.am. Richie with a T at 970.am. And David Walker from, formerly from, and it's not the Willamette Week, it's just Willamette Week. Which doesn't really make any sense now that I think about it. And I almost want to call somebody from Willamette Week and demand to know why there's no the at the but beginning the of it. the two people we know the best from Willamette Week... No longer work there. That's true. Well, maybe they forget. Maybe they kept flouting the uh, the the rule. Have you ever thought about that band, the the, and how hard it must be to Google them? Mm -hmm. That's uh, you chose poorly, friends. All right. Well, in any event, uh, so David Walker, formerly of Willamette Week, will be in the studio later on the day, as you know, uh, throughout the remainder of two thousand. And really, let's be honest. I mean, there's so many people being fired just left and right. Not not in the media exclusively, but everywhere. But for our purposes. In the media, there's people just just being canned, uh, just, I mean, about every nine minutes in this industry. So we could probably do this all the way through first quarter 09, as they say. Anyway, uh, but through the remainder of this year, uh, the laid-off Tim Riley will be filled in for by a series of other laid-off Portland media professionals. Uh, we've already had uh, Byron Beck, Don Taylor, Tom Parker, Todd Tulsis, um, Heidi Tauber, um, I know I'm leaving somebody out. Tom Parker? Tom Parker. I Somebody else. I don't know what I'm saying. I heard I've forgotten somebody, probably. Uh, so we will have, uh, we will be continuing this throughout the, uh, throughout the remainder of the year. But today, uh, it is David Walker, uh, formerly, uh, of Willamette Week. So that's coming up later on in the program. Lisa Desjardins will be joining us from the Hill today. We'll also talk to CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. James Roop. Uh, will be joining us from Los Angeles. Uh, Amanda Moyer will be joining us from the CNN Radio Center in Atlanta. We will do a great, uh, and I got it prepared just moments ago. It's done, it's finished, it's locked, it's loaded. We have a fantastic top five coming up today. Uh, today's top five, courtesy of Chris Paddock from Rock 101 KUFO, is top five songs originally issued on Flexi Disc. Sarah, what's a Flexi Disc? I have no clue. Luz, Richie, what's a Flexi Disc? A disc that flexes. It's like a floppy disk, but... It's flexible. <laughs> okay. You have no excuse, by the way, Richie, because you're my age. Isn't it a magazine? So when you peel out of the magazine... There you I go. I think Richie is, in fact, older than you, isn't Richie he? Richie is, in fact... Yes, but he's... No, no, no. Yes, but he's immature at heart. Uh, a flexi disk was a record that was issued inside a comic book or a magazine or some such, and it was actually on... 
It was on a very, very thin, flexible piece of plastic. Uh, and I'm trying to think of some kind of plastic to compare it to, but I mean... Okay, here, it, it, you know what it's like? It came out on a piece of plastic that was like this. You know, like one of those weird... Um, you know, like those staticky stickers that sometimes radio stations whoever give out now that it's like they're not adhesive stickers, but they're radio station stickers that you put on the inside of your car window using static electricity. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that. What about Shrinky D? It was... No, that's another... Yeah, but the plastic, remember? The plastic. And anywho, uh, so, but it was, that was the kind of the plastic it was like. It was like this sort of, it was the just, just flexible enough that it would fit inside a magazine, but just hard enough that you could stamp grooves into it. And they used to put out songs on flexi discs, and they would be in magazines, they would be in comic books, and you would sort of tear them out and stick them on your record player, and they would play. And it was badass. Because you could so weird. buy a comic book, and there was a song inside of it. And occasionally, not always, but just sometimes, they would come out on the backs of cereal boxes. And so you'd go, and which is a thing that you can't really do with MP3, and I'm not trying to be moan like, yeah, the past was so much better than now, because that's always false. But, but it's like you can't really be giving out MP3s inside of a cereal box. There's just no way to do it. I mean, not right now, anyway. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's some guy working on some kind of, like, d- disposable, like, biodegradable flash drive or something. But I, But you would buy, like, a box of sugar pops or something, and on the back, you would just tear off this record that came in. You'd stick it on your record player, and there'd be... Uh, you know, like the cereal box mascot singing you some little ditty. And it was really just kind of a strange, bizarre, surreal, sort of ninth-tier industry uh, you know, for record companies. Anyway, so today, top five songs that were issued on a flexi-disc. We will have uh, Rick Emerson's Joy of Christmas today. Monkey Watch coming up today. Britney Watch coming up today. We get a whole series of bad, bad songs. And by bad, I'm... Uh, bad songs, by bad stories. And by bad, I mean wonderful... Let's see, there's one that I wanted to read right off the bat. Wait. What, the one that we're going to have to censor? No. Well, I don't even want to start talking about that. But there's a story. <laughs> I have to tell you this, that we have a story coming up later on in the news hour that it's really going to take some serious sort of rejiggering. I mean, we're really going to have to take it into into the garage and just sort of tear it down into its component parts and reassemble it and try to find some sort of radio-friendly way to tell all of the pertinent facts because it's just wonderful and revolting and great and horrifying and sort of vile and compelling all at once. So, Are you talking about the... You know what I'm talking about. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm talking about the one that has the... Uh... <laughs> I can't believe we just did that. Now that image is in my head. Oh, God. That is just gross. I remember... Yeah. We can't talk about I, 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 yeah, so if you don't know what we're talking about, you gotta you gotta be listening because we're gonna we're gonna try to we're gonna try to read this story later on in the news hour that again we're gonna have to put many many coats of paint on it to make it. I mean, even by this show standards, it's just it's unbelievably off putting. So we'll get to that. Uh, that's all coming up. Uh, so CNN radio correspondents galore, uh, joy of Christmas, monkey watch, Brittany watch, top five, and so forth. It's five zero three seven three three two. 970-503-733-2970. We're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Dillon. I see you made it through Hellstorm 08. I did. I did indeed. You know, it was raining last night. I, I didn't know how we were going to survive through the evening. I couldn't believe it. Like, I woke up this morning, and uh, I saw it, and it was, like, still completely dry because it was, like, 730. I'm like, okay, it didn't snow again. Then uh, we woke up again at 830, and then everything was covered in snow. Yeah. But I drove to work, didn't slide at all. You know why? Because you're a game day player, Sarah Dillon. That's what I figured. I'm like, because my 
you know, the car that I have now was my dad's before, and he used to drive it uh, from Bremerton to Sun River, like back and forth all the time in the snow. So I, I know that my family is confident that it's good in the snow. Yep. And it, it's, a, it's a good little car. As Gunnery Sergeant Highway would say, you adapt, you improvise, you overcome. And by the way, and I don't want to be trapped on the freaking bus. And you're not, and you live in Portland, so you're not terrified of water falling out of the sky, which is really all it was. I'm really happy that I live off of a main boulevard too, because it, like Hawthorne's pretty quick. The only time I've ever had problems is like on the side streets. Let me just note, and if you didn't hear this in the recap, I'll tell you. I don't know how it was where you work, it, it, but the office closed at 1:32 yesterday. Four hours left in the business day. Office closed at 1:32. And so that you know, it, I was thinking, well, this is serious. This really must be. They must know something. They must have access to secret weather that I can't see. There must be some sort of radar that I'm not privy to. And so I'm kind of like getting my work done, and I'm like, you know, gloving up and like putting on the scarf. I'm like, all right, I'm going to brave it. I'm going to walk outside like Nanook of the North. I will get into my vehicle, and I will endeavor to get home without dying a fiery death. My body frozen by the roadside. And then it was just rain. No, I was scared to drive home, and then Lisa Wood and I leave at like 3.05. And I get out, and there's absolutely no. no snow or ice. Everything that was there had been washed away. Did you watch KGW last night? And no. I know the answer is no. Um, <laughs> at KGW had, they were doing, I forget what they called it. It wasn't like Hellstorm, but it was something like that. It was sort of, uh, you know, like like winter warnings or seasons, you know, seasons skiddings or you know, some such. So they had the obligatory, I mean, I'm no longer even phased. By like the woman standing outside in her like titanium jacket from Columbia Sports or whatever. As you can see, well, well, there's no snow, but as you as you can see, this is the ground where snow might someday be. Over to my left, you can see the road. There are cars on the road, and at some point in an ill-defined future, John, there may be ice on these streets, and so for that reason, we are saying. Drive with caution. And I feel so bad for those reporters because you know it's not them. You know it's the the producer in the studio. He's like, get out there. I don't care. Make we need something. video. That's exactly it because when I worked uh, on Coin, I remember reporters would be sit out there like when there was almost snow, and they they're required to fill Seriously. like two minutes talking, and there's absolutely nothing for them to talk about, so they're sitting there having to improvise. Go to go to a stand up. We need something about the, but the best part, by the way, is as you and as you as you. Have you done the thing where they actually, have you ever seen the thing where they actually point to the snow as it's falling out of the sky? Like they'll have the camera guy sort of pan up toward a streetlight so you can see the snow sort of gently fall into the ground as though it's like this Ublekian substance that we've never really encountered before. My final note, I got two actually, two small notes on this and then we'll, uh, we'll talk to Richie Bristol, we'll do some calls, we'll do some whatnot. Two things. One, coming to work today uh, on the Ross Island Bridge and the roads were again empty because everyone sort of looked outside and they went... Well, I don't know. Better to be safe than sorry. I guess I'll just call in incompetent again. So as I'm driving to work over the Ross Island Bridge, like three different times between Southeast Portland and here, and we're right in downtown, we're on First Avenue. Mm -hmm. Three different times I actually drove either past or over chains on the road that had clearly come off of some boob's car. Some guy who went stood in line for nine hours to buy chains to put around his uh, Canyon Arrow. Because he didn't, you know, he was terrified of the snow. And then he, he, he either put them on wrong 
or he was sort of misusing them, mm-hmm. and then they were just sort of falling off vehicles because. And I talked to Bridget, same thing. Bridget said driving from her house here, she drove by I think four or five different sort of not full sets of chains, but like a single chain off a tire that had come undone, and it was just on the road somehow. Hmm. So homeless should run around and collect those. They could probably trade hey, for money. There you go. There you go. See Richie, forward thinking. Yep. All right. See, that's what makes. That's why this show is the hallmark of cerebral entertainment mm-hmm. because that was both amusing and informative. What you just did there. Um, final thing, if you were watching KGW last night when they weren't busy uh, having the woman point at the ground where the snow might someday be in some sort of vague future time, they were in fact running this huge logo across the bottom of the screen that said, Arctic Blast! So, in case you weren't aware of it last night, it's an Arctic Blast. You're lucky to be alive, really. I it mean, was it's crazy, I tell you. Really no way to... Hey, speaking of lucky to be alive, well, he's dead, so it doesn't really count. Uh, I'm just going to read this one story right out of the gate, and then we'll uh, do some other stuff. We'll talk to uh, some callers. We'll get uh, Lisa Desjardins from the Hill here Actually, in a few. Jim and Lisa are flipped again. And we'll get Jim Roop. Um, we've got this from the Herald Sun. This is going to set the tone for the day's program. The entire three and a half hours of comedic amusement that is about to come your way, it's all going to be established with this story right here. From the Herald Sun. A 60-year-old man... The only way this story could be better, by the way, is if it was at a holiday party. If this was at some sort of a Christmas gathering at his workplace, it would be even better. But as it is, we simply must move forward with the story the way it's written. A 60-year-old man who was thrown into the air in celebration at his retirement party died after his colleagues failed to catch him. And he fell to the floor. Oh. Retired. The case came to light after the man's wife filed a police complaint against colleagues who threw the man into the air, accusing them of gross negligence. The the Minachi paper reported on its website. The man died in September after the party attended by around 40 people at an unnamed transport company at the inn in Rito, near the ancient capital of Kyoto in central Japan. His colleagues... Celebrating the man's retirement and many, many years in service to his company. Threw him into the air in jubilation, then failed to catch him as he plummeted back to the ground. The fall, quote, shattered his neck and backbone. Oh. And he died of blood poisoning. Blood poisoning. Colleagues said, quote, he worked until the retirement age. We were hoping he'd get to spend many, many years relaxing. I wonder what they chanted when they threw him up in the air. Merry Christmas. Hip, hip. Uh, Hey. (laughs) Okay. Hello, Richie Bristol. How are you today? Good morning. All right. Uh, We're doing the holiday show. Are we going to do that thing where the bands turn some music in? Uh, Well, we we had sort of made all of these glorious golden plans uh, for next week. But, you know, it's already Thursday. And things kind of got away from us a couple weeks ago. You know, yeah, the wheels kind of came off the wagon. Yeah, things Uh, are a little different than they have been. And so we were sort of otherwise occupied over the last, I don't know, like seven, eight, nine, ten days. So I don't really know that we're going to be putting together our typical holiday extravaganza. It might just... uh, it might really be beyond our can at this point. Uh, much as I like to think that we can really put our you know, shoulders to the wheel and noses to the grindstone and so forth, I, I think it might be overly ambitious to try to it, it, it create some giant holiday spectacular uh, at this point. So, and Sarah's going to be gone for a few days next week. And I am so indeed. It's really going to be, you know, it, 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 I think we're just going to be kind of going forward and doing doing kind of a regular show. We'll be working in some holiday elements and so forth. But I, uh, yeah, but we will be playing. People have asked this. We will be playing Ebenezer. I barely knew her. 
We will be playing behind the Christmas, all the normal stuff. And, you know, and obviously, you know, Tim's in both of those. You know, his voice is all over that stuff. But obviously, but it's a look. We're not KPOJ. We're not gonna. It's not like he's like we're gonna sort of deny he was ever here. And what happened to Heidi Tauber? Who? Heidi Tauber. She was here yesterday. No, she wasn't. Yes, she was. I've been listening to her on KPOJ on the Tom Hartman show for three years. No, you haven't. Didn't she throw something at you? No, no, that was at Kink. Oh, all right. Anyway, so uh, we will be folding in some of the holiday, uh, you know, some of the sort of like stylistic things that are the hallmark of the Rick Emerson program. But uh, but we're probably not going to be putting together anything sort of over the top. So best of? Yes. <laughs> really? <laughs> Thank you, Richie. Thanks for boiling it down to its bare Yes, it's just going to be reruns. Okay, so email me if you're a listener and you have a suggestion. Really? Can they do that? Yeah. Do you take requests for best ofs? Yeah. Well, you're way better than Scotty. No, Richie is amazing. Um, no offense, Scotty. Uh, the, although I'm sure you're not listening. I'm sure you're busy making money in the bustling real estate market. Um, so if you have a request for our kind of holiday best ofs, Richie's going to be repackaging some of our old crap and like kind of rolling it back out uh, with a bow on it. You can email Richie. It is Richie with a T at 970.am. Richie with a T at 970.am as we uh, plummet headlong toward the end of the year. By the way, speaking of the end of the year, I'm not going to identify the company by name. I'm just going to make this one observation. Whatever it was that the snow first started falling on Sunday when there was some ice and people were sort of driving like retards everywhere, and it was, which is which is why I sort of came halfway to work and then turned back, not because of the road, but just some of the people that were out there. The only reason I was leaving the house is because item number one on Sunday, as written in my day planner, was in fact to buy a new day planner. And I got about, you know, I got to the office, uh, Max Place or whatever it was, and it was actually closed. So I finally just said, screw it, I went online last night because I can't, because now I've got so many things that are already scheduled for January and I have no place to write them because my day planner ends at January 1st. Like, they'll give you that much wiggle room. My day planner has January 1st, but nothing beyond that. So I got to buy a new day planner, so I go online to the day planner company's website, the folks that actually make my appointment book, and they're all out of stock. I mean, they're gone. So, which I don't understand. First of all, I find some sort of amusing irony in the fact that the day planner people, in fact, did not plan far enough ahead. <laughs> like, don't you think that at the day planner company, you'd put down, hey, keep stuff in stock, end of year coming, and then underline it twice. Important. And then maybe like a little star next to it or something. No, not at all. Apparently, it slipped their mind altogether. So... I went to the day planner website and I'm looking around and like they don't even and they don't even have st- Do you ever do that thing where you go to the store and there's something you desperately want to buy and they don't have it but then you just start bargaining within yourself and you're like okay well I guess I can lower my standards and I guess I can buy the thing that is not as good but at least it's here so then you go looking for the thing that is really not what you want and they don't even have that and then you start getting irritated that they don't even have the item you don't want in the first place so they don't have my day planner at, you know, like the day planner company, which is a bit like that time that I went to a local sandwich chain and they didn't have any bread. Oh, yeah. Can I get a sandwich? Well, we don't have any bread. Because why would you? Anyway, so I'm just making the opposite. You would think, by the way, that they would know that December and January are like the biggest years for calendars and day planners. So I guess that never occurred to anybody. That, and really, can we be honest? I've been watching CNN's business update every night. I mean, there's a lot fewer people who even need day planners right now. So the idea that you're somehow out of stock is a little hard to swallow. On that note, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, we will talk to senior radio correspondent James Roop. Coming up later on, Amanda Moyer, Steve Kastenbaum, uh, Lisa Desjardins, David Walker, formerly of Willamette Week. Top five songs issued on a flexi-disc and more holiday favorites from the Rick Emerson Radio family. Stay with
Hi, hello. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Coming up later on, senior radio correspondents Amanda Moyer, Steve Kastenbaum, Lisa Desjardins, uh, formerly of Willamette Week, David Walker, filling in for the laid-off Tim Riley, the top five, and so forth. Ladies and gentlemen, from Los Angeles, Santa Radio correspondent Jim Rupp. Hello, sir. How do you do, sir? How is your day, brother? Uh, day is good. Psych uh, nominations, pretty easy day. Just talked to a psychic about uh, <laughs> about the increase in clientele because the times are so tough. Really? <laughs> I heard this. Is that a growth uh, industry? I guess. I heard kind of this little fleeting comment by somebody that uh, they have a friend who's a psychic and their phone's ringing off a hook because everybody's looking for advice. Okay, now let me just, I'll tell you this. Uh, in addition to this very fine radio program, I do this um, I do this TV show once a week, this show called Outlook Portland, which is sort of a, I mean, it's theoretically like a public affairs, you know, sort of news, like, you know, what what is important to people in Multnomah County? But, you know, but I try to sort of, I make it. Like as entertaining as, as you know as I can because you know public because public affairs is typically just some ass just droning well you know what it's like just some guy droning on about and um, so we're going to be talking about um, school levies and whether or not school levy appropriations for physical assets that is um, assets such as desks click, and uh, click, click. and chalk. Can be used for intangible assets, which are things like extended learning training programs for teachers and administrators. Um, if you have any questions, you can call us here while we're doing this. And meanwhile, you're at home just like fashioning a noose out of a necktie. <laughs> uh, so I'm so I try to make the show kind of you know kind of funny and amusing and whatever. Um, it, it, so we did this uh, show a few weeks ago about recession-proof industries, and the three folks I had on, I had a stripper who, by the way, was fantastic because I did that awkward thing. We were, like, in the green room beforehand, and I said, so, um, you know, how shall I refer to you uh, as a... And she goes, stripper. And I said, really? Because sometimes, you know, strippers get real sensitive about that. I'm a dancer. And they, and I said, really, stripper? And she goes, baby, I'm a stripper. She's like, guys, pay me to... What did she say? She goes, guys, pay me to see me take it off. That's what I do. And I said, great. She goes, and then she, then she followed it up by saying, or you can also call me a peeler. And so we called her a peeler for the rest of the day. I like peeler. Um, but um, but we had a stripper, we had a bartender, and we had a guy who owns a pawn shop. And we were kind of focusing on those three industries as like a microcosm for stuff that continues to flourish even when the when the economy's in the crapper as it is now. But I, the psychic had never really occurred to me. Yep. So like, what? Is, but what is her deal? Like, what is it? Does she does she give financial advice or well, just sort of generalized? You know what, sort of. Um, you know, she says mainly people are looking for hope. You know, so she tells people, you know, it's going to be People are looking right. for lies. We're all part of this. This is a big cleansing going on and all of this uh, hoopla. And, uh, you know, I said, geez, isn't that scary? What if you tell somebody to leave their job and now you, now no one else is hiring? You know, I mean, if you tell someone, oh, yeah, you're about to be fired, you should leave, you should quit now. And then, uh, I mean, what happens? Two is why I'm professionally 100% accurate. <laughs> so, thank you not, very much. Not for investment purposes. Thank you. Now drive through. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's wonderful. So I can't, I'm, I'm going to put this piece together, release it for the morning. She's going to hate me, but hey, it's silly. You know what? She should have seen it coming. Now, I, I, don't not, I don't not believe that there are people who are more in tune than others and, and that there are people with psychic abilities. I just don't think those abilities are necessarily a useful tool 
when helping someone through some kind of crisis unless you're just going to be a shoulder to cry on. Right. Uh, you know, I, you know, come on. Well, I Nobody mean, can tell the future. I don't care who you say you are. No, I mean, and that's, you know, I, I do love the idea of the people come in there and, and she's just, like in her head, she's basically just sort of, uh, in her head, she's basically just flipping a coin. You should, um... Demand a raise. You know, you know? somebody named Joe. Begins <laughs> with a J. Come on. I'm, wait, hold on. I'm, something that rhymes with, uh, is there, do you know, uh, 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 it rhymes with a B? Somebody you know, their name rhymes with a B, right? And they, do you know somebody who, the best part, have you ever seen this when they do these, these idiot shows where it's, where they have these poor saps in there who lost somebody in their family and they're all broken up. And then some douche gets on there and he's like, no, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you connect with your loved ones in the afterlife. And they always, this is the question they always ask. They go, now, this death, it was, um, you know, did it happen, um, you know, this this wasn't expected. This was, uh, you know, the, the end, it came, the very end came suddenly. The, the very end always comes suddenly. Yeah. You no think? one, yeah. Seriously. It could be a long, long illness, but, oh, yeah, she just died suddenly. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> just oh. stopped breathing. There you are. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing your piece. Will that be posted on CNNRadio.com? Oh, I'm sure, yeah. All right, we'll play that tomorrow. Yeah. Hey, uh, so uh, what's up with the, uh, I don't even know what the SAG nominations are. You know, I get, this is one of those things where I was opening my mouth five seconds ago to ask you about it, as though I even really have any knowledge of what I'm talking about. It's, it's, it's the baby of award shows. It's only 15 years old. It's, it's the actor award, and it's just given from actors uh, to actors, just for. So this is like, uh, this is sort of like the arena football of award shows. You know, it feels that way. You're, you're right. That's, how, that's the way it feels. It's, it's in between the Golden Globes and, and the Oscars. And it feels like sort of that that lost weird sport that you're going to combine an arena with an outdoor activity. It's, it's very strange. But it, it, there are no directors or producers or anything. This is just actors honoring actors. And it's the strangest thing ever because all the money that is used to do that, to pat themselves on the back, can be can go into the retirement fund they're fighting for. But it, 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 it's not needed because they got all these other award shows. And just because they recognize each other, they do, they, they do that every day. It's, it's, it's the strangest award show. Well, especially because, I mean, look, and I know that acting's a tough racket in Hollywood. You know, L.A.'s a tough town to make it in, especially if you're trying to make it in the entertainment industry. One is like every single person you know is acting, writing, directing, producing, some conglomeration of the above, or has a script that's really being seriously looked at by two or three uh, major players right now. I'm, uh, I'm only waiting tables so that I, uh, you know, I have more material. I want to be in, in touch with my audience. So uh, I find that waiting tables really keeps me grounded with the people that are someday going to pay to see my movies. And so that's kind of why I'm still here. But really, no, seriously, uh, Michael Ovitz is looking at me very strongly. I mean, it's like everybody you meet has that story. Yeah. So, anyway, well, I get the feeling at a certain point these award shows, though, are not unlike, uh, like, I don't know if you ever spent any time, like, you have any friends that tried to swindle you into, like, multi-level marketing scams or whatever, but you go to these meetings, and it's like, well, what do you say? Well, I'm selling flakes of soap, you know, and it's a whole bunch of people in a room all trying to sell each other, none of whom have any money, of course, all of, all of them are trying to sell each other the soap, and there's just, it's like one big, weird, congratulatory, uh, I can't really say it, but the first word is circle. So, anyway. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? No, no, no. No, yeah. today we're all... It's like that episode of the Brady Bunch uh, where, like, I think it was like uh, the Peter or somebody can't ever win anything. And at the end, it's like they they, fat, they come up with some excuse to give him an award because he, like, 
I don't know, because he figured out what was causing Tiger's fleas to keep coming back or something. And, like, they gave him an award because everybody in the Brady family needs to be a winner. So that's, I think that they will just continue to uh, proliferate these award shows until everyone on Earth has a mantelpiece full of cheap gold statues. Yeah. That would be my theory. Yeah. All I right. mean, it, it, it really is kind of silly. Because, I mean, the same people who are nominated for Golden Globes are nominated for this, are going to be nominated for the Oscars. You know, it's... You only really need one television and one movie award show and one music award show. That's all you need. Okay, I got I got two things to ask you. One, uh, back on the psychic thing for a second. Did yeah. you yourself ask the psychic anything about your future or I life? I just asked if she knew I was going to call. <laughs> That's what I said. You should have just said, like, look, what number am I thinking of? Tell me right now. That's it. <laughs> She would have hung up on me. I wanted to get some stuff. Oh, you weren't there in person? No, 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 no. Oh, because I was... No one, no one will talk to me in person. I've knocked on a few doors. <laughs> well, that's because your reputation precedes you. There was one. There was one. Uh, they had a little phone outside the little shop, you know? Uh-huh. And so you you pick it up, and you, you can't see anybody. they got a counter and everything, but you can't see anyone there. And so you pick up this little phone, and someone says, can I help you? I says, yes, I was. You know, I told him who I was, and, and I want to come in and talk. Well, what's it about? Well, what do you do? I'm from CNN. What do you think? What do the N? What do you think the N stands for? Okay. Well, <laughs> so the next one I went to, I just I I didn't carry the microphone or anything. I just had a backpack with me, and I said, uh, Yeah, I would like to come in and talk to Lola. I think was her name, the psychic Lola. And uh, oh, what's it about? I guess the backpack tipped them off, or or they were afraid of the backpack. So the next one I went to, I didn't carry anything. Hoping that if they agreed to talk, I'd say, okay, I need to go to my car for a second. Then I would come back with my microphone and recorder. But nobody wanted I, – I must look like a terrorist or something because no one would let me in. So I finally just made a bunch of phone calls and got one to talk to me. Uh, well, see, I just wanted to know – I mean, because in my head they all look like that Miss Cleo uh, woman who used to do the phone. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know what this lady looks like. You know, you remember – but you remember like me, you know, uh, Miss Cleo, I have a I have a question about this man. Oh, child, she – he bad news, you yeah. know, or whatever. And you're just like watching this at home going, like, who are these people? So, all right, uh, final thing, and then we got we to skedaddle, as uh, Andy Rooney would say. Final thing, this is a great little idea. Because, you know, the idea is they come fast and furious in the uh, in the big threshing machine that is my brain. You, Jim Roop, ought to do your own awards. And they ought to be like the, I was going to say the rupees, but I think that's actually the currency in India. But you know what I mean. You ought to do like a CNN award or like the Jim Roop end of year awards. You ought to come up with your own awards and in the category of, and then it's basically just a chance for you to kind of say what you think about everything. Uh, but you do it as like a, like a mock awards presentation. Oh, wouldn't that be great? See? Right there. Rick Emerson, he, that's my you Christmas present. I would get a lot off my chest doing that. All right. That's my gift to you. Thank you. All right. Uh, are you I'm going to pitch that tomorrow at the, at the meeting. Okay. You know, you, you don't even have to give me credit. You just say, uh, you just say I got an idea. I'm gonna do, I, Jim Roop, I'm going to be giving out awards for best... And see, think, and of course, the great thing is, like, the, the field is wide open. You can just say best whatever. You know, for, like, your Hollywood, you get best whining, uh, you know, asshat crybaby. And, and that, that would be O.J. Simpson's plea for uh, leads. <laughs> there you go. Best legal inanity goes to. Yeah. All right. Best, best defense that flies in the face of all reality and common sense, Orenthal James Simpson, <laughs> sweeping the category. Bam. See, this whole phone call right there is all worth it for that moment. <laughs> All right. Uh, will you pitch it? You let me know how they receive it. I that. will. I will. I promise. All right. Thank you, sir. Okay. All right. Jim Rope, ladies and gentlemen. You ever get the feeling that I had to just call CNN and demand a job? I mean, let's be honest. You for CNN? Uh-uh. I'm holding that whole place up. I mean, uh, you know, me and this show. You know, right here, we're... 
we are the pillar that is that is keeping CNN standing. I I think that really we are the uh, we're the indispensable link, Sarah. It's just no getting around it at this point. Wouldn't you listen to that if Jim Roop did his own awards presentation? Absolutely. The Rupees. The Rupees. I'm sorry, I can't come that in. Sounds dangerously close to Rupees, though. I was thinking another. I was. I'm at the clinic. I got the Rupees. It's. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I. Uh, yeah, sure. I met her at the. I met her at the Triple Nickel. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I don't have a musical theme for her yet uh, because she hasn't picked No, one. but I am ready with the YouTubes if she has uh, really? thought of a song. Yeah. All right, we'll see. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the CNN uh, Radio Center in Atlanta, in Atlanta, formerly the Sid and Marty Croft Super Center. Uh, Amanda Moyer, how are you today? Hi, I'm pretty good today. Have you pondered what theme you would like to be introduced with? Yeah, I was thinking the, the Penn State fight song should be mine because anyone who knows me well knows that I am all about Penn State. All right. Do we know what uh, is that like now? Is the Penn State fight song is that a proprietary song? That's not like a, it's not a, a previously existing song. It's their own original composition. Yes. All right. It's that, called fight on state. Fight on state. Sarah, do we have the? Uh, are we looking for the Penn State fight song? Yeah, I've got song? it. It's just buffering. All right. So how about we today? We'll take you out with that. Okay. All oh, right. okay. And then, but from now on, we, do you have a particular version? Are, are there words to it? Yeah, there are words to it, but usually you just hear the the instrumental part. Just the uh, the overture, one might say. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Yeah, it's just basically one paragraph. All right, I'll assemble that. We'll take you out with that today, and then uh, in future calls we will, in fact. Oh, are we ready with that, Sarah? Yeah. Oh, okay. Hold on. I'm going to put you back on hold, and we're going to start this whole call from the beginning. All right. Hold okay. on. Okay. Hold on. There you go. And so I said, let's do it. The room's already paid for. <laughs> no, no, seriously. Battle of the Sex is coming up. And uh, later on in the afternoon, it's uh, going to be Andy, Mandy, and Brandy driving you home. Uh, we are 47 minutes on the right side of 11 o'clock, 13 before noon. Hey, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson radio program from Atlanta, Georgia. Doesn't it sound like I had to be introducing floats as they go by? Hey, there's SpongeBob. Look at that. My kids love SpongeBob. You know, two of them were mistakes. Hey, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the CNN Radio Center, Amanda Moyer. Hi, Amanda. Hi. How are you today? I'm very well now. Hey, you know, I have your uh, I have your theme song there for you. Ah, I heard it. You know, the Rose Bowl's coming up. Okay. That didn't really go as smoothly as I was hoping for, largely because I'm not that bright. Uh, we'll try it again tomorrow. So... I, I am sort of unclear, and we've, we've used, I, I don't, you know, can I tell you this? Like, in the last month, I don't think I have used the words bailout. Do I, I don't think I ever used the word bailout, like, as a single word before this year. The, the closest you would ever get is, like, we'd be out fishing, and my dad would be drunk, and he'd somehow perforate the, the bottom of the boat. And I'd have to go, Dad, we need to bail out the boat. Dad, wake up. We're all good. Dad, we're going to die. And then we would have to bail out the boat. But is bailout is like a, like one, like a noun. I don't think I've used that until this year. And then we've got bailout, shutdown, layoff, auto, uh, you know, the billion, all of these words that have just spiked in usage. So where are we now with Chrysler? Somebody told me that Chrysler was closing, but that's clearly not true. What is happening? What's happening is Chrysler is closing all 30 of its plants for one month. So at the end of the last shift on Friday, they're going to shut down and nobody will come back to work before January 19th. Now, they normally do a two-week shutdown or so around the holidays. It's very typical, but they're extending it by another two weeks. So all of those people will be out of work for that whole month. And that's about 46,000 people that are affected. And so this, I mean, this is just because they figured that somehow after the turn of the year, things are going to be 
going to be better, or is that they think, oh, is it, and you, and, uh, because it's a, is it going to be a slow month already, or this, is it a symbolic move? I mean, what is the, what are the sort of financial underpinnings of this decision, and then how do they come up with the actual figure in terms of how long they're going to be closed for? Well, it's definitely a cost-saving move, but uh, what's happening is the dealers are saying that they are losing 20 to 25% of their volume because of the credit situation, so they have... They have supply on their lots. They just can't sell them to people. And they say that people are interested, but they can't sell them. So there's too much demand. There's too much supply. So what they're doing is they're shutting down uh, for this extra two weeks. So they'll be shut down for four weeks, and they think that that might help. But they say that it's at least that long. No one has said what will happen after that. And I know a lot of workers at these plants are concerned because they're they're worried that their plant might not Well, it seems like a bad precedent. I mean, if I was, you know, we've talked a lot about this before, and I don't mean to drag you into my personal ideological screeds, but we've talked a lot before about, you know, one must draw the distinction between the man uh, and the people and between the workers and the bosses and all of that stuff. And I don't mean to be like class warrior guy, but I mean, you know, there's guys at the top who make bad decisions, and then there's guys in the middle and the bottom, uh, you know, who have to pay for those decisions, as is always the case in everything. So, I mean... So, so as much as we can sort of chat, and as we and we do chastise the auto industry for just running their business into the ground and seeming to just be utterly incompetent in almost everything they do recently, one does have to say, you know, if you're a worker, and we we have a lot of people who either work for auto industries or have, uh, we have uh, you know listeners who are either uh, you know in Detroit, in Michigan, around there, have family there. And I mean, you're really talking about a lot of people taking it in the shorts. And if I was one of those workers. I think I'd be very, very unnerved about this, even more so than you would just taking a month off work, thinking that come January they're going to go, well, we thought it was a month, but uh, it's going to be closer to the uh, first quarter of 2009, so we'll reassess at the end of March. I mean, that's that seems like a very dangerous possibility to me. And that's exactly what employees are worried about. They're worried that some plants might open, some might not. Nobody really knows except for the fact that they say at least until – January 19th, and that's still that's a long time now. Some of the, these employees will be getting a provisional amount of pay, but they're not going to be getting any anywhere near what their salaries yeah. were. And the only reason they're getting that is because it's through the union. I was actually going to say, now, what does the union not have any? Does the union not have any any clout? Not does the union not have any arms they can twist about this? I, I don't think that they really. They're, they're more worried about the company completely going under. So they're trying to make these cost-saving moves. I know that uh, it's not just Chrysler. I mean, Chrysler's doing this big, large shutdown, but um, Ford is extending some of its plants. Uh, they're shut down by a week, and Chrysler, uh, GM says that they're idling 30% of their uh, plants. So it looks like they're trying to do what they can while they're waiting to find out what Congress does in that bailout. Uh, and just a final note here, and this is uh, a... As anybody uh, you know who talks to me for any amount of time can tell you that I'm constantly sort of shoving my excess sort of brain detritus onto the CNN correspondence, like with, with ideas that sort of strike me as amusing, but that I don't have the time or resources to do. So this is sort of this, so this it's your turn to get one of my dumb ideas that I will insist would make a fantastic sidebar piece. I would be curious to know though. You hear so much about the difference between the big three and then these, uh, you know, and then the domestic plants for Honda and Toyota, which are largely in the southern states, and which all things considered, do seem to be doing relatively well, and they're non-union and so forth. I'd be curious to know how many, if any, employees at whatever level, at these big three, 
have been making inquiries at Honda and Toyota, saying, look, I'm on a sinking ship here. Uh, what do you have for me over there? I would be curious to know how many of these guys that have really been chained to this union, for better or worse, all these years, have started looking around, and, and the, you know, the non-union gig at Toyota is starting to look pretty good right now. And that's that's an interesting point. And there are a lot of the a lot of these people have worked at these plants for 20 years or more, so they don't know anything but this and this company. You know, despite which of the big three it is, so you never know. They could be trying to get out. But again, though, jobs are very plentiful as it is, no matter where you go. Mm. So All that's right. also an issue. Uh, are you on tomorrow, Amanda Moyer? I'm not on tomorrow. All right. Well, if we do not speak to you before the holidays, uh, so uh, Yuletide greetings and cheer from all of us at CBS Radio Portland. Well, thank you. You too. And our final uh, Christmas present to you will be taking you out again. We will be bracketing this call here late. There you go. Fantastic. All right. See you in a radio correspondent, Amanda Moyer. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. God bless us, everyone. All right. Wonderful. Excellent day. There you go. Uh, is that like a live recording? No. It's just, it doesn't sound very loud. Doesn't it sound like I'm Ryan Seacrest? Thanks so much, Dick. As you can see, the ball is getting ready to drop. And these people uh, hate me because I am utterly bland and devoid of any sort of abilities, but I've been given this job. And I am a multi-billionaire. You know, eventually Ryan Seacrest is just going to be doing all the jobs at CBS. Every, everything at CBS will be done. You, uh, seriously, no lie. You're going to tune in one of these days, and Ryan Seacrest will, A, be filling in for Tim, then me. Then he'll be like a multi-headed media hydra, just sort of here like, you know, uh, he'll, he'll be like a Seacrest bot who's just sort of doing everything. We're not bitter about it or anything. I'm a little bitter. I'm very bitter. Uh, hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Good day, Rick Emerson hi. on KCMD Portland. Thank you, sir. They, they could do a computer-generated Max Headroom that is actually Max Seacrest or something. I'm telling Hey, don't you think it's time that Max Headroom make a comeback? I think it would be a good uh, a good thing by the Coca-Cola people to bring back the Catch the Wave Coke thing. Hey, you know, here's a good idea. I'm all about it. Uh, you know, we had the, you know, for, for some time we had the NewsBot, NewsBot 7521, uh, doing the news and morning drive. And the NewsBot has now moved uh, to evenings. But uh, so, uh, blah, 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 blah. As a sort of, we've talked so much about, not to be about how brilliant we are, but we've, you know, we've talked about having these other, these Portland laid off media folks kind of filling in for, for Tim Riley to sort of, you know, for the end of the year, because for, you know, because it solves like nine different sort of issues at once and, and it does, you know, not to be too philosophical about it, but it brings, as I say, the point into stark relief. It does underscore the fact that everybody's losing their job right now and that the fact that there are even enough Portland media people to fill an, basically an entire month just that fact alone sort of uh, highlights where we are right now as a company, as an, or not as a company, but as an industry and as a country, you know, uh, trying to sort of move forward here. But um, don't you think that somebody should bring back Max Headroom as a news anchor and you could really embrace the fact that, like, look, uh, we can't afford to employ uh, we can't afford to employ any more humans. So here he is, Max Headroom. And then Max Headroom does like the CBS Evening News. That would be good, but I don't think most of the people would get the stutter. Yeah, probably not. Sarah doesn't even know who Max Headroom is, they and I'm not. Have to take that off of there. Yeah. And here's the thing, Sarah. Really, mm. that that's not a thing that I think less of you for because you're not really Max Headroom is very much that is a niche that is a niche reference. It's not like a thing I that happened. I might know what you're talking about. Though. Let me look it up. There's certain references that happened 30 years ago that really everybody should still know. I mean, look. I mean, let's see. Uh, you know, everybody look. It doesn't matter when you were born. You know what Woodstock is. That's that's timeless. Max Headroom was a. Um, 
Yeah, I do know. Okay, yeah, that was exactly what I was thinking about with the white tongue glasses. Yeah, he was a he was uh, he with was a sort of hair. he was a CGI. It's a long it's a long story because there was like three different sort of shows that had Max Headroom, but basically he was a computer he was a computer generated talk show host, and um, and he was, was actually a virus in the in the. In the internets there of the TV show, Nerd. you could go from TV to TV, <coughs> which it was kind of like a computer console, and the TVs didn't ever shut off. But I, and I can't really remember though, because there was the British version of the show where he was in fact a talk show host. Then there was the American version of the Max Headroom show where he was like, were they fighting crime or some crap? Well, they were Edison, doing something or other. Yeah, they were trying to expose whatever was going on over at Network 23. There was something going on, and Edison Carter was the man. With the camera, wow, and and then uh, he like hit the low bridge bar that said Max Headroom on it, and that was the last word he re you know remembered, and somehow got his consciousness put into the computer, blah blah blah. So then Max Headroom's running around in the different TVs, and and uh, there's a lot of internet references there, like pre-internet. Are you married, sir? In, yeah. Oh yeah. Be really nice. George? Be really nice to your wife. Buy her something shiny this Christmas. All right. She got, yeah. So um, I um I wanted to put in a request. Yes. Um, for Amanda Moyer's theme, of course she can pick her own, but uh, you know, obvious theme. Uh, Amanda by Boston. Mandy by. Uh, oh, Mary there Manilow, you go. You know? Or Amanda by uh, Waylon Jennings. That that would be good. That would be good. And uh, if you had an if you had an awards show, would it be the Emmys? Thank you. All right. Thanks, man. Right, bye now. Okay, uh, and so forth. Mm. All right. uh, it's uh, 503-733-2970. Uh, here's what we got coming up today. Did I say high concept? High concept. All right. Uh, David Walker, formerly Willamette Week, around the corner, filling in for the laid-off Tim Riley. Top five songs issued on a flexi disc. Coming up later on with uh, Chris Paddock. High concept Thursday. I don't want to give the high concept yet because if I give it now, everybody's going to start calling about it now. Mm. Uh, so we, we got to wait on that. But the high concept Thursday, you know what it is, though. Yep. It's a, it's, I think it's pretty it's great. So, uh, high concept Thursday. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, we have uh, Steve Castam, I'm still to come, Lisa Desjardins. A whole bunch of Christmas songs, including this one. I don't want to tease this too much, but I will say that Lisa Wood, who uh, works at our sister station, Rock 101 KUFO, she gets a whole bunch of stuff sent to her. We won't play this quite yet, but it's a... Uh, it's quite something. You can see the visual aids uh, for it. If you go to uh, rickemerson.com, you'll see a series of photographs in today's blog posting. Those are the visual aids that accompany this Christmas song that Lisa Wood uh, had sent to her that she then gave to me because, as she put it, I'm never, ever, ever going to play this. Ever. Ever. Lisa's a team never, player. Ever. So, no, but uh, you know what? Waste not, want not. So uh, we're going to use it over here. We'll take a break. Come back after this. It is uh, the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Oh, and we still haven't played that Motorhead Christmas song. No. The, and we still haven't played that one song that I was telling you about. Oh, the Faith Hill song. Yes. All right. Lots to get to. Uh, it is the Rick Emerson Show. Stay there. Back after this, kids. Don't go anywhere. Nothing. Did you see it? No. That's what I'm Should I be grateful that I didn't? Yes. Why, hello, it's the Rick... I just poured water all down my front. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503 
970. 503-733-2970. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. Coming up here in just a moment, we'll be joined by David Walker, laid-off Portland uh, media professional, filling in for laid-off Portland media professional, Tim Riley. Uh, later on in the program, senior radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Um, Steve Kastenbaum will join us. Chris Paddock with the top five songs originally issued on a flexi disc and high concept Thursday. Uh, that is all, uh, as they say, uh, in the pipeline. It seemed like there was something I wanted to read before we uh, before we did this. Here. The pizza menu you're obsessing over? No, I'm not really obsessing about it. It's not just so sort much of... except for the fact you've been carrying it around everywhere. I only about. wanted to comment on it because it does seem like this is really. Look, there are mile markers on the road to societal implosion. One of them is this, and I and here's the thing: when it sometimes we'll sort of we'll very deliberately exclude the name of a company or particular, you know, because we don't slag off on a business or whatever. But I don't even I, I honestly don't know who this is, and if you if you do know, don't tell me. I'm just it is this piece of paper is completely devoid of any identifying information about the company. But apparently, at one point, we were given so-called pizza here. And there's this whole menu, and I guess they left these sort of survey things behind, where it's like, you know, which which of these did you? And you know, it has all the like the normal, you know, like the the normal pizzas. And they want to know, like, how did you enjoy our pizza? Please take a moment to fill out the survey. And one of the pizza choices was Cali Chicken Bacon Ranch. I mean, I don't understand. First of all, how it is that we have just devolved as 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 just a just a nation? I mean, in this hating republic of ours. American, and I, you see what movies are released and like how everyone loves Raymond stays on the air for fifty years. I guess. I mean, it really is just. But it's like that Simpsons where like, it's that it's like that Simpsons where Lisa and uh, and Marge are like sort of bemoaning the fact that because they're women, no one pays attention to them. And Homer says, you know, I'm an American male, age forty four years. Everyone cares about me. you know. Everyone listens to me. And then he goes to the cupboard and he takes out that product and it's like nuts and gum mixed together. That's sort of this is like the nuts and gum of pizza. I mean, first two things. One. If you really are of the mindset to have Cali chicken bacon ranch, just have a sandwich for the love of Jesus. And secondly, the problem with this is, I mean, apart from the obvious fact that it's just an, like an apostasy on its face, is that when you have this, you get everyone in the office excited because they hear that pizza is coming. And then they open the box and they see this. And then their hearts are filled with the most bitter kind of loathing. All right. Uh, and that's why no one will help you when you start choking on your pizza. It's 503 the end. It's 503-733-2970. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Let's now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show at the news desk. And now, from the CBS Radio Center in downtown Portland, this is the news. Ladies and gentlemen, filling in for laid off Portland media professional Tim Riley, laid off Portland media professional David Walker, formerly of Willamette Week. What is the deal with the the and the lack thereof? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, but, you know, you do get in trouble. If, like, if, if you're talking on the phone there and you say, hey, yeah, this is David Walker calling from the Willamette Week, and one of your bosses overhears you, they will say, there's no the. Does Zussman tell you a new one? Yeah, he does. Comes he by does. and he just gives you the cold blue stare. <laughs> well, Zussman just, him and I had an unspoken communication going on. It was, you know, the two alpha males in the building right. that, that never really wanted to come to blows because we know it would just get really, really It's ugly. like Because then it's like Gamera versus Zegra. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but it's, I think, who else, who was correcting me? It might have actually been Zuss when we did the election, <laughs> when we did the election night party. And I was like, Amber from the Willamette Week. And I think it's, and, which is sort of like the Ramones, who work, you know, everybody calls the Ramones. But when you get the CD to show the whatever, just Ramones in big letters. And I was, like, I was wondering... Final two things, and then we'll actually start the news. It's like two other things. It's like the, and everybody's talked about this, but like, is it Batman or, or the, the Batman? That's exactly what I was going to say. And I don't really know. Is there a definitive answer? 
I, I, I refer to him as Batman, but I think that's for people that are more close and personal with him. I think he's, you can call him Batman. So that's like, but if you're, but if it's like sort of a more of a formal arrangement, yes. then it's like the, like, or like, Mr. It's true, because if they're speaking about him, if they're doing a, no, a story about him, they're like, oh, the Batman has been seen. Yeah. All right. The Batman. I think I like the Batman only for the same reason that Letterman likes saying kids are on the crack these days. <laughs> Final thing. Do you ever notice this? If you pick up a copy of Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd, which I just called Dark Side of the Moon, the, the record cover, the CD sleeve or whatever, says Dark Side of the Moon. But if you look at the actual CD, it says The Dark Side of the Moon, which is the sort of thing that then frustrates me because I don't even know how to file my CDs correctly. Well, do you, do you file your T's under... Well, see, I don't really know. Like, did you ever look on your iPod and you can't figure out, you know, or whatever your player, and you can't quite figure out whether to look for that band you just downloaded under the or under, like, the first name? Because it's like no two operating... Okay, one final thing, and then I swear to God we'll actually do news. Then I'll be done, because I can already see this is going to... We're going to go down a wormhole of just nitwittery with this whole thing. When you are filing music, or back when you used to file physical media, if you have, like, whatever, DJ Shadow... Under Shadow or DJ or alphabetical within DJ? Uh, I'm I'm more inclined to put him under S for Shadow. Okay, that's that's but that's only I would do all with all the DJs. So See, all the separate... DJs would be alphabetical by their sort of surname or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'd have DJs in a separate subsection because you need to understand that I'm like that. Nut. You are Rob Chandler or yeah. whatever his name is. Rob Chandler? Whatever the guy's name is from High Fidelity? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. I've got it. I've got it. You, you'd be... It's sick. It's Please really not list uh, three of the subsections under which your music is uh, filed. Oh, I've got my music filed under... There's hip-hop, then there's hard rock, and then there's like regular rock. All right. So what is the dividing line between hard rock and regular rock? Um, Finn Lizzy goes back and forth between hard rock and regular rock. Where do you fall on the big uh, ACDC question? Oh, they're hard rock. All right, good for you. Fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, have we played the news center already? Yes, we did. And was that like an hour ago? Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. All right, filling in for laid off Portland media professional, uh, Tim Riley, laid off Portland media professional, David Walker with the news. Well, let's start off today with uh, President Bush. He made a great announcement, sort of promising a little bit of hope for President-elect Barack Obama, where he said that he planned to do some intervention in this auto crisis that's going on. Bush said, and I quote, I thought about what it would be like for me to become president during this period. I believe that good policy is not to dump him a major catastrophe on his first day in office. <laughs> that's great. And that's a quote, is not to dump him a major catastrophe on his first day in office. Is that that's like the verbatim quote from Bush? That is the verbatim quote from Bush. And I'm not sure if he's talking about the you know, the whole auto industry, or if he's just talking about the last eight years. Just like sort of in toto, yes. as they say. The, first of all, I love the idea that, that he's going to intervene, which is a little bit like, like, when, like when you get the memo that David Brent is on his way down uh, to set things right. <laughs> By God, we're all about to be, you know. It doesn't, really, it doesn't really work like an Independence Day, where they say, like, thank God the Americans have got a plan. Like when, it doesn't really operate that way with George Bush. Also, the idea that he's going to somehow spare dumping any, any kind of a catastrophe in Barack Obama's lap is... I suppose almost charming, and it's just complete and utter naivete. I mean, it's almost it's almost kind of sweet, like you know, like when you see a not terribly bright child trying to open a stuck jar lid, and you realize it's never going to work. <laughs> but you kind of go, you know, all right, you know, hey, come look at this. No, he's trying to do something simple. I mean, it's not going to work. But look at him. Well, see, what it makes me think of because this time of year we have Christmas is a week from today, and it makes me think of the old thing my mother would say to me when I get just the worst present ever. Mm-hmm. It's the thought that counts. You see. It's the thought that counts. Bush is trying to, again, and I quote, he says, 
not to dump him a major catastrophe on his first day in office. This is sort of like my wife was out of town for three and a half weeks, and I never bothered to clean the house once. And then it's like she was getting back at Wednesday at 11.30 p.m. So right around 8.30 p.m., I finally shut off my Xbox, and I'm like, and I did, and I actually did this. I looked over at the dogs, and I said, all right, I guess we're going to clean this. You know, and then it was just, just buckling down, just like a just like a madman, just like Rosie the Robot, just going through the place trying to clean it. So, well, well done, George. Yeah, you know, and it's nice to know that after eight years, he can finally do something. <laughs> he can finally... He's just, done clearing brush. <laughs> he's one of those guys, he's a last-minute guy. That's what we know. He's last-minute. Uh, planning is for other folks. All right, here's David Walker with the nose. Okay, well, in Colorado Springs comes the weirdest story that I've heard in a long time. Uh, a three-day-old infant went in for surgery to have a brain tumor removed, and they found, are you ready for this, a foot inside this baby's brain. Ah. Uh, let's see, what did they say here? The doctor, this is Dr. Paul Grab, uh, out of Colorado Springs, Colorado. Uh, they were removing this tumor, and they said... Uh, to find a perfectly formed structure like this, is, <laughs> yeah, structure, structure is yes. the worst word ever, <laughs> oh. is extremely unique, unusual, borderline unheard of. So it's not just extremely unique, nor is it unusual. It's borderline unheard of. How can something be, well, you're, yeah, I mean, you worked in print, baby, you yeah. take it. I yeah. mean, how can something be extremely unique? Well, you know, that's, I guess that is sort of... That's, that's a uh, binary state. It, it is, it is. Uh, what I find really interesting, though... Is that Dr. Grab? There, there's some people that are speculating. Dr. Grab. Yeah. <laughs> Mommy, I don't want to go back to Dr. Grab. Is, and he's a pediatrician too. That's of course gotta, he is. Oh, got to yeah. send all sorts of <laughs> sorts of mixed messages to your children. Hey kids, come spend the weekend with Dr. Grab. Well, Dr. Grab is, is is standing by the fact that this is actually just a tumor in the shape of a human foot, as opposed to uh, fetus in fetu. Which, uh, if anyone who's read Stephen King's The Dark Half will know, that's when we absorb our yeah, twin. Yeah, good reference. And uh, it, it, I, apparently this does happen from time to time. People go in for surgery, they have a tumor. You removed. know someone to we whom this friend. has happened. You know somebody. I know someone, do I? Wait, hold on. Now, let's not reveal who it is. Oh, I'm sorry. And you know what? We've been so out of sorts the last... I'm late. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, like, slow in my game here. Because they found a tumor. Tumor. I barely knew her. All right. And we haven't heard the Florida sounder. I woke up this morning no. thinking about that. Well, because that. it throw. I was afraid it would throw people off. It, it, at any point, if you should have a story from Florida at okay. some point today, for example, let's say, and then they realized that the penis is shaped like Florida. <laughs> That's sort of Florida and whatever. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. So. Uh, uh, so dark half. First of all, the dark half by Stephen King. I would say not a masterpiece, but a good, a very good book. Yeah. But it does open. I think the very the book starts with like they're delivering the baby or they're giving the guy surgery or whatever, and they surgery. Yeah. They cut open his brain and like there's a big eyeball. Yeah. 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 The brain, which is like the best and worst thing ever. <laughs> um, but you know someone, and we've talked. This is not a secret. We are not sort of spilling uh, anybody's guts here. But um, you know somebody. I'm almost positive who absorbed uh, uh, who absorbed a sibling while still in the womb. Okay. And you're gonna make me guess? Do you? Bless you. Sorry. What's up with your uh, with your head over there? I think I. It's like allergies. Allergies. Yeah. Who gets allergies in December? Is it like? Is that like a? She might be allergic to me. That's I was fine until David Walker came That's in. That's right. Entirely possible. You wouldn't be the first woman who said that I made her sick. So. <laughs> nah. Um, all right, so uh, how shall we do this? We're terrible at 20 questions on the show. That's like the thing we've learned over and over again. Uh, how shall How shall he guess? Because you would imagine, wouldn't you imagine he knows this person? He's got to. 
because he knows a good friend of this person. He knows this person's uh, he knows this person's best pal. Oh yeah. You know yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. We're just this is not fair on the audience. <laughs> but if you're long, but he, the thing is, if you've been listening for a long time, you probably have heard us talk. Have about you listened this. to the show? I, I have listened to the show, but I've never heard this before. Right. So, um, but we don't need to. Get, I mean, we can get into this during the break. I mean, I because I, I'm bad. What fun is that? I'm, I'm, I'm bad at twenty during the break. Is it a male or a female? It's a male. Okay. Well, so then I wouldn't ask. Uh, let's see. Are they affiliated with uh, this program? I, yes, I would say I yeah. would say so. Uh, I, but I will say, not not an employee of this program. Oh. But uh, they are affiliated uh, in a I don't want to say quasi professional, but you know, but, but in professional sense with CBS. Yes. Okay. Well, then I'm going to have to. Uh, it, do they do uh, a podcast? No, they can be. I would imagine heard. On a podcast now and again, they don't do the pod. It's not Aaron. Okay. <laughs> well, that was my guess. No. I, was totally, I was thinking it was Aaron Duran. Was, if there's ever someone who would, uh, that would strike me as someone who would have would uh, eat his twin. Yes. Mom, look over there. It is in fact Jason Crump. Okay. Uh, vanished. Do you know Jason? The name sounds really. I will see. So he's a, so maybe not. Jason Crump is uh, you know he's sort of like a like a hetero life mate thing with Aaron. Uh, but uh, okay. he and Aaron, but he is from Vanished Twin, Vanished Twin Photography. Okay. Which is Vanished Twin is drawn from that fact that he, there, there were two and then one day, you know, mom has twice the womb. So it's, uh, uh, but uh, he is the uh, staff photographer here at CBS Radio Portland. Okay. Uh, he directed AZ and the Crimson Mist, which are our two radio plays that we just launched a couple weeks ago, the okay. zombie drama we do, and he took that photo of Horns Across the Hawthorne right over there. Got so, it. Okay. Anyway, so the next time you see Jason Crump, or if you run into him or something, or Baron says, hey, this is Jason, I think there's... some passing reference. And I think, I think he told me one time, maybe he was just like effing with us because I think he was a little lit, but I think Jason Crump told us at one time that one of his shoulders, there was like a tooth, like buried inside one of his No, he didn't. I'm pretty sure he said that. I, now, whether sounds good. I can't vouch for like good. the veracity, but I think he said something about there being a tooth. I think like, that's, that sounds like something you've made up in your own imagination. Like it's so weird. He absorbed a twin. <laughs> yeah, but that was like years ago. I don't think he'd still have like a tooth hanging out in his shoulder. <laughs> it would have worked, worked, it, it worked its way out by now. Exactly. They, I, I think they come out eventually. It's sort of like a kidney stone or something like that. And so if a little finger comes out when you're, you know, then, you know, oh, wow, I guess I had a twin. Not so much a kidney stone as it is just a kid. Yeah, exactly. Uh, David Walker, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. All right, so this is another uh, – this, this story is very interesting. There is a couple suing United Airlines. It is, um, I'm trying to get, uh, Shimamoto, the, the man's name is, uh, uh, I can't remember his name, that's, that's fine. Apparently, they were on a flight, and the husband was served too much wine by the, uh, the, the flight crew on mm -hmm. United Airlines, and he wound up beating up his wife. Goes to jail, and uh, so they are now suing United Airlines for serving him too much booze, and uh, they want... You know, United Airlines to pay the bail. Wait, so the husband and wife are suing together? Yes. So now are they now? Am that's, I, what, that's what you call enabling, by the way. <laughs> am I to infer from this that they are then that the husband and wife are still? Is this like a whole? He's a good man. You don't you don't see him like I see him. <laughs> right. I mean, if they're doing like a tandem lawsuit, they must still be together, which means that she's you know somehow like no 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 it's uh it's because he loves me. Yeah, exactly. Well, now this happened in December 2006, so this is this is a while back. Uh, the man's name is uh, Yuchi Shimamoto, uh, and they were on a flight from Osaka to San Francisco. Uh, apparently, they served him too much burgundy. Um, you know, he got a little tipsy. And then while they were they, – this wasn't even on the flight because that would be really awkward. Like, issuing a beatdown to your wife would be really awkward 
on the plane. They, they you were mean just sort of customs. Not so much, not so much in the home, but well, on the plane. It's you know, it's, have you ever been in a situation where you try to stop some guy from beating up his wife? Um, I. It is the weirdest well, thing. Well, not well, not since not since childhood. <laughs> um, no, not as an adult. Okay, no, I I I was uh I can't remember where I was. I was like at a parking lot at a Target, and a guy was beating up his wife, and I tried you know to get in between them, right. and she told me to mind my own business. Of course, because again, yeah. he's a good man. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So apparently, uh, the uh, Shimamotos are seeking um a hundred thousand dollars in damages. From United Airlines for uh, over-serving. And, you know, I, that's that's a pretty good gimmick when you really think about it. I mean, maybe it's maybe that's their gig. Maybe they're like <laughs> grifters, and they go around and like, uh, all right, now, uh, now you pretend to drink too much, and then I will pretend to ask you one too many times about that cocktail waitress, and, uh, you know, whatever. All right, well, there you go. So... And blah, blah, blah. Ladies and gentlemen, with the news, David Walker. <laughs> okay, this is, uh, this is coming to us out of Nashville, Tennessee. This is a sort of the news to make you more paranoid. A couple, a man was tortured with barbecue tongs in his own home. Um, and I don't like to... Tongs like this. the... Uh, wait a minute. Tongs like the thing that you used to pick up salad at the salad bar? No, more like the kind that you used to turn your hot dogs on the grill. Oh, the like pokey kind. Like the savvy pokey Well, kind. what are those things called that you used to pick up, that, like you pick up the steak those and turn tongs. it? tongs. They're different kinds They're tongs. of tongs. These are metal tongs, apparently. All right, so this is like a fork-type tong. Yeah, uh, apparently. Well, no, no, they, they're they like big tweezers, almost. So, <laughs> so we are talking about those. Well, you're, I, well, there's, I'm, there's, I'm not talking about the meat fork. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no. no. The tongs, okay. The tongs, yeah. All right. And not as opposed to the old school Chinese mafia, which they used to call them. I was going to say, my Asian porn name will be pork type tongue. (laughs) Anyway, in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, uh, this couple was uh, the victim of a home invasion. Um, uh, Antonio Villegas and his wife were sleeping, or he was sleeping. He heard his wife screaming out because she was outside warming up the car so he could go to work. Apparently, three teenagers had uh, broken into the house. They demanded all the money from the Villegas's, and when uh, Antonio told them that all his money was in the bank, as opposed to, I guess these teenagers have been watching too many episodes of, I guess, like... You've been watching Anderson Cooper too much? No, it's all under the pillows these days, dude. Yeah, exactly. It's all stuffed in the mattress. That's where I keep mine, is stuffed in the mattress. Um, They got upset. They pistol-whipped him, and as if that was not enough, they then went to the kitchen... Got some barbecue tongs, heated them up, and then proceeded to torture him with the. What does it say? Like, does it describe the nature of the torture? Um, uh, apparently, they were. Uh, I guess they were sort of pinching him on the back of the neck. Is, okay. is what it was. First of all, torture. I barely knew her. Also, I don't mean. Look, I'm not trying to make light of the situation, but it just seems. Wouldn't you work your way up to pistol whipping? It seems like if you're. That's like. Oh, that's like. That doesn't make any sense. This is sort of a like a. Jimi Hendrix opening for the monkeys kind of a thing, where it's yeah. like the pistol whipping, then, doesn't he have salad tongs? Let's get those. And the idea of just heating them and then pinching him in the back of the neck, I'm sure that it hurt and all. It just seems weird. It That yeah. seems like a little, uh, like a too much of an uh, active imagination with these uh, kids. Yeah, I think that maybe they were watching uh, CSI or something like that. Or right. uh, that, that just seems like something, you, you gotta, you that's you're, again. That's not something you jump right into, unless you're Henry Hill, and then you just pistol whip somebody right away. I mean, I, I it's it's like in Doom when you run up everything else and you're just using like your fist or something, <laughs> like a candelabra to hit the zombies with. Exactly. That's it. You know, but you got to do what you got to do. And when you're, you know, they were probably on the drugs. Rob on that's, the crack. On the, the crack. Drug. That's what I'm exactly. talking about. Um, and somebody else noted here that you know it is, and this is a thing that Americans I think they misstate this all the time. It is in fact Smokey Bear, not Smokey the Bear. 
Somebody really? has noted that. Well, this one says Rick. One summer while working as a canner in Alaska. Uh, wait, I'm making up for lost. I'm canner. I barely knew her. Right. I heard a radio PSA telling people to remember. There was actually, okay, this is great. There was a public service announcement reminding people, not so much not to set forest fires, but reminding people that it's Smokey Bear, not Smokey the Bear. He's uh, listening in stunned belief that I was actually listening to a PSA reminding of this. It proceeded to emphasize, uh, you wouldn't say Santa the Claus or Easter the Bunny. It's unreal. They actually spent money to produce a PSA reminding us not to put the in Smokey Bear's name. Uh, frugality, thy name is America. All right. Well, there you go. Is it Woodsy Owl? Hey, dude. Uh, Woodsy Owl is one of those. He's one of those lost sort of conservation ecology That's icons. Right. He doesn't really. Woodsy that Owl. Actually, that was actually. I know that because I went to a trivia night a couple weeks ago, and that was one of the questions. But I think it is Woodsy the Owl. See, I think that's Woodsy the Owl. Yeah. All right. Do you remember what we... his? Do you, do you know what his saying was? <laughs> do I remember? I, what, it was more of a segue. I was. I just wanted to open it up for you. Am I? Do I? It's, am I not a man? Do I? Do I? Do I not bleed if you cut me? Give a hoot, don't pollute. That's right. And you do give a hoot. That's why you don't pollute. It's true. All right. Uh, we'll do like one more here. We'll take a break, ladies and gentlemen, with the news, David Walker. Okay. This is another odd one here in Pawpaw, Michigan. Well, the fact Paw-paw? that there is a Paul Paul. Yeah, Paw Paw. P A W P A W. Two words. All right. Paw Paw, Michigan. A city so nice they named it twice. Um, a human-sized heart was found in a car wash. Let's, let's Not a heart the size of a human, but a no, heart that was like the right size <laughs> yes, to be in a human. It could be in a human. It was found right. in a car wash. Authorities have yet to determine whether or not the heart is from a human being or from some sort of animal. Um, it was discovered at Soapy's Car Wash. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want. I, I, I could have said that without laughing. You were the one that broke me up. I don't. I don't want to end. <laughs> You're allowed to laugh, David Walker. You know, in these times, we're all we're all allowed to laugh, Sarah. Um, the uh, the healing elixir of mirth uh, should not be denied to anybody. At Soapy's Car Wash. Now, I just want to say, I left a pair of sunglasses once over at Devil's Point, <laughs> over there in Southeast Portland. But how do you forget a heart? You know where where like was it in the like, the, like hanging out like was it a, was it like a do it yourself like or was it like the camera you drive through? I, I, this is from uh, the Associated Press. It says right here the organ was discovered in a corner of a manual wash bay at Soapy's Car Wash. That's random. Yeah, yeah, because that's you know and and this is the thing I'm thinking again. Imagine you've you've gotten home and all of a sudden. You go, oh, where's oh, the heart? Damn it! And I, you, uh, you're retracing your steps. Honey, will you check my other pants? Yeah. No, damn it! Oh man, you're calling the plaid pantry. Hey, this will sound a little awkward. I, uh... hey, is there a big bloody heart on the floor of your store? No. Okay. Well, what about when did you get on shift? The other guy. Okay. Well, could you tack up like a post-it? Or that'd be great. I'd really appreciate it. And I wonder if it was like hanging from that thing, like the floor mat thing. <laughs> so you can really, you know, like because that left ventricle that never comes unclogged by itself. You really got to give it a good whacking now and again. Or maybe they were just sort of, you know, the, those power washers. They were power washing out the floorboards or something like that. There you that go. Might have been. How it, yeah. All right. Well, there you go. All right. Let's do this. Let's take a break. We'll come back on the other side. More from David Walker filling in for the laid off Tim Riley today. Uh, it is 503-733-2970. Still to come, Steve Kastenbaum, uh, Lisa Desjardins, the top five songs issued on FlexiDisc and more. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Emerson program on AM970. Stay there. The message is Mars needs women. We interrupt this record to bring you a special bulletin. The reports of a flying saucer hovering over the city have been confirmed.
Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program, the soothing sounds of Billy Squire this holiday season. 503-733-2970. And this is from that MTV performance where he's sitting next to Nina Blackwood, who at that point was just like holding on to the last vestiges of hotness before it all just... Of course, she went all like... Ramsey's two and everybody. Anyway, 503-733-2970. We're joined today in the studio, filling in for the laid-off uh, Tim Riley, laid-off Portland media professional. And much-beloved man around And man of mystery. I was just going to say, <laughs> David Walker. Mystery. You really, I, and I won't recap the whole conversation <laughs> on the air because it, it's like nine minutes long. But just, we were just talking during the break about, I don't know, shenanigans and goings-on. And David Walker, David, and you pointed this out too, Sarah, that like, you can't just call him David. You are David Walker. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Most people, that's what most people call me. It has, yeah, it's, it really it's is like a like whole... Like Lisa, Lisa isn't Lisa, she's Lisa Lisa Wood, Wood yeah. Uh, and, well, and this is different because it sounds like a first name, but uh, the program director at KUPL, our sister station, is his name is John Paul. But, of course, and I think because we've been conditioned because of Pope John Paul, yeah. it sounds, it's, everybody just calls him John Paul. Yeah. Uh, and so, which I think is he's probably used to it. Uh, anyway, so during the break, we're talking to David Walker. And you were giving us this sort of weird variation on the, like, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry <laughs> speech. And then followed up with, like, and there's a whole lot of people that don't like to see me at all. And, and then we said, really? Why? Don't worry about it. And then you kind of went back to brooding and, like, reading about bombings in Woodburn. It kind of scared me a little. It was a little, it was a little, uh, a little it, intense. It was, uh, it was a little odd just now. I'm just saying. It, so. Well, now we don't like it. Okay. Well, just preemptively. You, I mean, I could leave now. I'm going to do the news on your own. I'm just. You know, so. <laughs> That's why people don't like me, see? All right, then. I call them on it. You know, this is a very delicate time for us right now. You know, I, we're, uh, no, we're we've grieving. gone through a tremendous loss, and I've sat there to busted my ass to find you the funniest stories I could These are good, too. Yeah, with well, all this work oh, for you. What you just handed me is the depressing stuff right now. I know it's true, but I figured we need to kind of level it out a we bit. We need to get a little serious. Here, read this. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, sort of as a prophylactic measure, we're g- I'm going to start readying the hate, just in case we need to begin loathing okay. it. I'm going to have it, like, ready in, like, a storeroom out back. But you know what? I love the people who hate me because I have no hate in me. I'm 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 that kind of guy. You just sort of it, like wait a minute. So you were like the um, no, you're like a <laughs> that just <laughs> fell apart. I'm nothing. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, David Walker with the news. All right. Well, yesterday uh, on Interstate 84, just east of Pendleton, a semi slammed into a unoccupied Oregon State Police vehicle. Uh, no one was injured and. I think the, the reason this is important is because if you look outside the window, the weather's a little bad out there right now. Now, is that true? Or are we just saying that because no, we I think, think it's true? No, I just heard that it was sunny during the break. Was it sunny? Yeah. Like in an over... Like here. Go across like the river. Like now? Yeah. Like in, a, in an overarching sense, it's bad. But is it like that right now, I wonder? Hold on a second. Let's find out. Hold on. Let's try to be... Uh, we'll try to be local and relatable here. <laughs> No well, because now, don't you feel like in radio, the default is people Should assume it's a voice outside? track and you have to prove your... No, 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 I'm really here in Portland. I'm a live human being. No, no, no. I'm not, you know, the, everybody just sort of, like the, the, the default setting in their brain. CBS Radio Portland, Sam speaking. Hello. Hi, Sam. This is Rick Emerson. How are you today? Doing well. Hey, uh, let me ask you this. Look out the front window, please. Uh, is it uh, raining, snowing, pouring, drizzling? It is sunny. It is sunny. Of all things. All right. Now, is it, but it, I mean, is there still like other patches of ice remaining? Ah, uh, there's like little things of snow in the parking lot and in the distance, but, but it's not like, prominent. Like slushy, not icy. No, it's mostly melted. For all intents and purposes, though, the roads are clear and it's sunny outside. Yeah. Is it? What would do? What would you uh, guesstimate the temperature to be? Uh, 
Uh, I mean, 30, above, we're talking above freezing. I'm going to be honest with you. I've been looking at the weather channels, and, and it's about 35 outside All right, on the computer. All right, excellent. Thank you, sir. Yep. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Hellstorm 08 continues that unabated. A, that All was right. a great phone call. Clearly, he was well prepared. KGW needs to get back out there with some sort of an Arctic blast, Kyron. <laughs> I know, that Arctic blast thing is ridiculous. I don't even I gotta, we will read this here in a minute. Uh and by the way, I should say, uh, David Walker, yes. um, this sort of thing happens all the time on the show where you start to read, you know, you like somebody starts to read and then we get about four words in and then Sarah and I sort of hijack everything and all it right. goes in a different direction. And then we inevitably come back later. So it's your show. I'm just saying. So I don't mind. I, I know we have a little bit of a scattershot approach uh, to delivering uh, the news to the people sometimes. So uh, my final tease here and then we'll actually do the story. I got an email from somebody who uh, preemptively asked not to be identified. And I think they don't even, I'll have to read it again, but I don't even think they want their news outlet identified. They work at a local radio, uh, television station. And they don't even want the television station identified, but they, uh, it was uh, an observation from inside that company about their television Arctic Blast coverage. All right, here's David Walker. <laughs> All right, in Salem today, 57-year-old Bruce Turnage was, uh, is to appear before the court to face charges for the killing of two Oregon law for enforcement officers in the bombing last week in Woodburn. Uh, it says here, Bruce Turnridge was unexpressive during his Thursday court hearing. Um, I don't know. Is that when, when someone's unexpressive, he, look at this picture of this guy. What does this say to you? What do you think of that? Um, I, I really don't know. This, this sort of seems like... No, I have nothing. I mean, all of my sort of comparative abilities are failing me at this moment. He doesn't really seem unexpressive so much as he just sort of... You know what this look is? This is sort of a, well, what can you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is... Wait, has he been, has he been uh, convicted or something? No, he's just, he's just facing charges. It doesn't even say exactly what those charges are. Uh, charges, uh, oh, it's okay. That's oh. When, that's, that article doesn't have very much information. This is, the, okay, this is yeah, the, it's pretty sad. the bank bombing guy. Yeah, the bank bombing guy. All right. Well, of course, he's innocent until proven guilty, and it could all just be a huge mix-up. But he does have a, a look of, I would say, sort of uh, glum resignation on his face. Yeah. I, I, I practice a look like that in the mirror just in case I'm ever busted for something. That sort of mysterious look where people are going, what's he thinking? Did so you, he really do Wait, that? so you want to be inscrutable? Yes. See, I would think, because like Tom DeLay has set the new standard for that. <laughs> do you remember when Tom DeLay got busted? Yeah. Dude, it, 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 that mugshot, that is like... That is the that is like the 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 BCAD dividing line of mugshots that Tom Delay thing because you look at him and it's like I mean it was like he's just been elected like employee of the month or something like hair perfect big smile not all grubby looking and whatnot his shave tie adjusted I mean it really was like and the Rotary Club is pleased to induct our newest uh, chairman uh, Tom Delay that's what it looked like and no one you would never have known it was a mugshot. And if you go back and you look at, like, especially celebrity mugshots, yeah. one need only think of Nick Nolte and so forth, and then you look at mugshots, especially celebrities, after Tom DeLay, they all started looking much more prepared and put together. Well, it's like I think their publicists all sat down and talked to them and showed them that mugshot. Right. Like Lindsay Lohan's. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was like, she was looking, like, kind of tasty. Well, your, your, your mugshot, well, she's I, uh, allegedly. Sarah, is it allegedly? What? A Lindsay Lohan back in rehab. Oh, no, no. Yeah, it's allegedly. All right, allegedly. allegedly. Could just, uh, we could be way off for all we know. But um, uh, no, Lindsay Lohan has got... Here's the thing about Lindsay Lohan. Somebody really needs to step in and save that girl because she could still be hot. Like, she's still, she's still got the potential. Like, but, like, right now. Do you know what I mean? Like, this instant, like, someone needs to put her in lockdown and get to work, like, re-hotifying her. 
because pretty soon she's going to be past the point of no return. She will have reached that event horizon where it can't be saved. Well, physically, there's still hope for her, but I think she's already way past that. Inside, I think that where the damage really counts, I think the damage is done. Oh, I don't, but, I don't think we can fix it. But you speak as though that doesn't make her hotter. Well, okay, to a guy like me, yeah, it does. But... I mean, on that, you and I, we can all agree on that. Yeah. yeah. And there's, uh, no, there's something about girls who are a little bit broken. That, you know, that's just a, that's an extra sort of, uh, that's an extra sort of, uh, <laughs> that's like, that's like the seat warmer in the car. It's, it's, it's the... I was going to go to undercarriage coating. <laughs> it was badass. Well done. But I'm getting to a point in my life where I'm realizing I'd just rather sit on a cold seat. I really would. I would. I can't uh, I can't deny it anymore. So, uh, yeah, the damage, while you look at it and you go, wow, oh, she's... And and that's a story for during the break. I can tell you a story all about that. Did you ever, well, did you ever do this? And I think probably all of us have. But did you ever meet somebody and you kind of think to yourself, like, and you know, and you meet them in whatever kind of quasi-social situation. And Sarah and I have had a lot of discussions about getting older. Because Sarah's at this place where her friends are kind of getting married and having kids. And... You know, nobody was saying Sarah's, you know, old or whatever, but it's, you know, but but it's like a, it is a benchmark that sort of, it's like a mile marker. So you can see where you are by what your kind of friends are doing. And so mm-hmm. your friends are getting older and, and that reminds you that, you know, like you are at a certain point in your life. Would you ever meet somebody and you, you do have this sort of dim realization in your brain that at an earlier time, they would have been like, you would have been really like, you would have been really into them. Like they really would have like, you would have been really attracted to them. <laughs> But then, but then you, and so on the one hand, you almost sort of mourn the loss of your youth and the passage of time. You kind of go, you know, if I had met this person, uh, you know, 12 years ago, I'd, I'd, I'd really be into, I'd really be into her. She'd really be great. And on the one hand, you kind of go, God damn, I'm old. But on the other hand, you go, God damn, I'm glad I'm not attracted to nutty, crazy chicks anymore. Because that, that's every day of my life, man. Really? Every single day. Yeah. And I have that, there's that, those, both those voices in my head. And that's how you know you're getting old. When the devil on your shoulder and the angel on your shoulder, they no longer disagree. Really? Yeah. And they're both like, dude, maybe when you were in college. But uh, I got to say, you don't have, uh, you're, you're not up to it anymore. Yeah. I, uh, no, sir. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sarah had, was it you that made the observation? And I will be very... Vague about this. Was it you that made the observation about someone? Uh, oh, I can't even do it. I don't even think I can vague it up enough. Was it you or someone uh, else who had weighed in about how they felt that uh, they sensed that I was uh, that I had a low grade uh, crush on somebody who had been affiliated with the program? Recently. Was it me that did it? I'm sorry. I don't even know. I know. Are you talking about... Yes, yes. That's okay, exactly... Uh, was it you or somebody else that said well, that they felt me, like I was hitting on else, her? Someone else also noticed it. Like, I got a All couple right. emails. Okay. Here's the, and here's the reason. Uh, here's the, the only... And you and if people listen to the show, they know that we typically don't hold anything back. We typically just say everything. And the only reason I'm being vague right now is not to be like a blind item in page six or whatever. <laughs> I really would just accept... The only reason I'm not being more specific... There was okay. There was someone who came into the orbit of the program at one point. Okay. We will say this year. Okay. Let's be very vague. <laughs> there was a woman who came into the orbit of the program for a short while this year, and somebody in the audience, a good friend of ours, emailed in, and it was like it, it was sort of an observation that I was like that I was hitting on her. Or they they felt like I was like showing off for her, and you apparently agreed with that assessment. Yes. 
And here's the thing. I also I also agree with that assessment. I, I would admit to you right <laughs> you now that it's true. You believe that you have a crush on her? I, I didn't say that. You said that. Okay. Um, but I but I was but it I was, was so apparent. But I was kind of trying to be extra funny, and I was trying to be sort of like, look how charming I no, am. I wasn't even in the room. I'm witty. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I was really, I mean, it was kind of, sh- it was shameful. I was really kind of trying to be like, no, 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 I'm Rick Emerson. I'm. Everybody finds me amusing. Look how amusing I am. Watch me juggle. Like me. Validate my existence. But, but here's the thing. That person uh, that you're talking about, Sarah, that I was sort of kind of showing off for, uh-huh. that was just like the id. That was like the rep. It was like almost, this sounds so insulting, but it was almost like out of habit that I was doing it. Because at this point in my life, I mean, I'm just like where I sing like God forbid my wife is hit by a meteor life is for the living what yes. can you do at this point I don't think that I would uh, I don't think I would pursue that person because that type of person is from an earlier time in my life okay when I was uh, when I was younger uh, at an earlier time in my life I absolutely uh, it, I absolutely would have pursued somebody like that because you know Crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, you can you can tell the crazy on this one too. Yeah, and and I'm at I'm at the point now uh, again that I just the crazy chicks are still hot, but it really is like a from afar kind of a thing. Yeah. I don't think I could go back to that because it's just because at a certain point, man, it's I, like I the tried, big is just to too much. Back. I tried to go back this year. I'll tell you, and uh, and we may be talking about the same person for all well, I know, but uh, and and I'll tell you, it was it was horrific. It was like you know. It was like that that over the hill out of shape boxer getting back in the ring, and then and then just like you know yeah. getting the, getting his ass just knocked down right away. It was like it was the first hit to the face, and I was like, oh wow, wait a minute, this is what yeah. crazy chicks are like. And like, wait a minute, this is not you're like you were no longer viewing it through the sepia toned haze of nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was sort of like the ugly reality when she set your car on fire. Yeah, you know. And that happened to me once. Really? Yes, it did. Yes. I would picture you. Uh, I would picture you uh, as more of a like you come home and all your stuff is on the lawn. No, no. I, you had a crazy girl set your car on fire. I had someone set my car on fire. I think it was actually the boyfriend of a crazy girl. Oh. That's no. the. Um, I've never been able to confirm it, um, but I, I actually. Now it's none of my business. Were you the other man? I no, I wasn't. I don't judge you. I was. That. I was not the other man, but she told her boyfriend I was the other man. Oh, I see. And so I was came out and found my car in flames, and and I got to tell you, you know, people always think about that. You, if you've ever seen a car burning, you think to yourself, wow. How did that happen? And who hated that person? Right. And how did? And all I could do was I, I just I walked out and I was like, oh, my car's on fire. And, I was, oh my and, and the second thought was, and this is I'm not lying. My second thought was, my insurance is not. <laughs> and it was so. This was you know this was a long time ago. This was '92. And uh, and and I years later I wound up dating someone else who was friends with the woman. That you suspect. That I suspect her boyfriend did it. And I was telling, and I can say that her name was Liz, and she's cool. And, and I said something to Liz about it, and Liz was like, oh, yeah, it was, I'll bet you money it wow. was this guy who did it. Oh, wow. And so, you know, and it was, and the only thing was, like, I kept waiting for that, you know, the phone call or whatever, that I got your car. And How'd you like that, you? bastard? Yeah. yeah. And, and it never came. Right. You know, which is, that's actually a more effective way. Because now you wonder. That's that's those are the real terrorists. Now it's like a it's like a tick buried in the, in your mental skin. Exactly. It's just always there wondering. Uh, and by the way, you're listening to KCMD Portland, a proud part of the CBS Radio family, the network of Edward R. Murrow. So that is almost like a threefer, though. That woman have it if the boyfriend did it because on the one hand, you know, crazy people got to destroy stuff, and so you know, uh, so she gets to check that off her things to do today list. Yeah. She gets to screw with you a little bit. 
and in a weird, crazy girl kind of way, maybe like get you like more attracted to her because she's nuts. <laughs> and then also she gets to jack up the boyfriend, which is clearly what that's all about. Well, there's, there's, there's uh, I, I realize at a very early age that there's a sort of unwritten rite of passage that some women must go through, which is to make their boyfriend insanely jealous oh, yeah. for no reason. Totally. And they have to pick on some guy who they think can handle it. You're the Brian Krakow. Exactly. Yeah. And and so and it would have been you know. It was a nice car. It was. Did the insurance pay for it? No, they didn't. Damn. I was, I was, uh, and this is the worst part, you know, and we're totally digressing, but it was, this is so long ago, but it was the last year they had factory installed eight track players. And so this had an eight track and I had a case full of just like the most <laughs> badass eight tracks you could imagine. Oh man. And so they, all of them. Just completely, I mean, and you look at pieces of eight, eight track, it's gone. Oh, Love Gun. I had kissed Love oh, Gun on eight track. Oh, dude. Yeah, and it was all of that. So that was what was really devastating more mm. than anything else. Ah, so. well, that is that is the real tragedy. Yeah. The That's not a force majeure kind of a thing either with your insurance company where it's like an unforeseen act of God or something. That's like a probably could have been foreseen act of the crazy girl. Yes, exactly. All right. Uh, Sarah, should we do one more break? Yeah. All right, let's do one more story here. Have we even finished the story we were doing? Um, I'm sure that we did. I... <laughs> Let's assume we did. Hey, that was a great story we just finished. It sure Let's was. put it on the done pile. <laughs> All right, well, in some sad news, in Eugene, Oregon, the body of a 60 year old woman was found covered in the snow uh, in Eugene last night. Um, and the police have not. Uh... Oh, it was no, not a woman, excuse me, it was a man. Thomas Egan died of hypothermia in Eugene. And again, this is sort of what Sarah was just talking about. Not a very well written story because that's it. We, um, there's nothing else? There's nothing else. We, we must assume that uh, poor Mr. Egan was homeless because um, he was uh, covered by his sleeping bag, and he was, he was on First and Blair um, in Eugene, um, oh, he, although he just might have been an aging hippie. I don't know. I was going to say, I sort of assume that everybody in Eugene is like half in the bag most of the time, so writing the news is probably a bit of a chore, but come on. <laughs> yeah, something. So, uh, but again, uh, uh, that's a tie into this. Cold weather we're having, I guess, is what I'm trying to do. So right. then you were, you know what, you're being class. local and relatable. Oh, okay, that's it. That is the key to uh, that's the key to rating success, David Walker. Oh, good to all know. Right. Good to know. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's do this. Take a break. We'll come back uh, in the next hour. More from David Walker, uh, filling in for the laid off Tim Riley. We have uh, Steve Kastenbaum from CNN Radio, Lisa Desjardins from CNN Radio. We'll count down the top five songs that came out on Flexi Disc with Chris Paddock. And uh, so forth. It is also High Concept Thursday, so we'll uh, roll that out later on. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Go nowhere.
the Rick Emerson radio program. Sandler came down the chimney, head past three, y'all. Now all them a good old present for my baby for me. Ha, ha, ha. Merry Christmas. It is 503-733-2970. Pardon me. Uh, coming up later on in this hour, well, we're just really, a, we're a match set in here today. Sarah, has your nose has gone all wonky. Uh, and now I'm compulsively clearing my throat and coughing. I took it like an hour and 15 minutes ago. Shouldn't that be kicking in I think now? we might, in fact, be allergic to David Walker. This is going to be like that Brady Bunch <laughs> thing where they thought they were going to have to get rid of Tiger, and then it turns out it's just the shampoo. Or it could be like the episode with um, Cousin Oliver, where they thought he was a jinx. That's right. Yeah. Um, or we could do this. All, we could, You know what? We could. This could be, this could be like one of those... Uh, it could be like a thing. This could be like one of those things you do back and forth. Don and Mike used to do this thing where they would somehow a name would strike their fancy, and they would go back and forth until one of them couldn't come up with somebody with that name. Uh, but this is like that. This could also be like that episode of MASH where Hawkeye is sneezing compulsively, and they can't figure out why, and then they realize it's a repressed memory about letting his cousin drown in a boat back at Crab Apple Cove, and Sidney Freeman is able to finally get the story out, and once he gets it off his chest, then he stops sneezing. Wow, I, I never saw, yeah, you, you taught me on that one because I never saw that episode. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like all of them. It's like laugh, 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 learn, learn, cry, laugh. So, uh, filling in for laid off Portland media professional Tim Riley, laid off Portland media professional David Walker. All right, so we're going to do a little joy of Christmas here. Is there is there any music that I need? Ladies and gentlemen, David Walker with Joy of Christmas. All right, so we've got some really, really just wonderfully depressing news from all over the world here for Christmas. Starting in Oakley, Ohio, a 23-year-old woman, Carrie Shyrock, fell to her death uh, from the stage where they they were doing uh, the nativity play, um, which is, like, really, really horrific. The the, the show is called... Awaited a Christmas show. Um, she fell 20 feet to her death uh, while, um, yeah. Oh, this is. Just, I it is sort of an almost. It's almost like a literal nearer my God to thee, to thee though kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, but, and figurative. Um, how you know she was apparently she was doing some sort of uh, flying trick in a harness and fell to her death. And now the show thankfully is closed because Jesus would want it that way. There's no under. There's no understudy. No, no understudy. Um, although if we wanted a Christmas miracle, maybe we could. I can't believe I See, went there. That's what I'm talking about. So... Where was this? Ohio. <laughs> yes, this was in Ohio. You know, people in Ohio need some sort of thing. You know, the arts are not just for the coasts. David Walker. It seems unfair <laughs> that everybody else uh, should be denied the story of Jesus's birth simply because, like, a stagehand forgot to like snap the buckle correctly. Well, you know, the thing that a lot of people, I, I, you could correct me if I'm wrong about this, but I do believe that one of the Ten Commandments has this whole thing about you know not trying to you know depict God and Jesus and all that sort of stuff. So that just might have been you know God's way of saying, hey. Don't do this play, you know. So it's sort of an unsubtle message from yes, the Almighty. exactly. Right. I do believe you're making that commandment up, by the way. I could be. I don't know. I don't. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, in Athens, uh, rioting continues. The um, In the city of Athens, rioters burned down the Christmas tree that had been um, the city Christmas tree, which they had just been replaced from the tree that had been burned down last week. Uh, they've been rioting in Athens. Do you know about this? But I mean, but why? Like about what? What is the riot based upon? Oh, the riot's just based on people are upset. They're upset. They're just uh, generally they, annoyed. Well, well the uh, police shot and killed a 15-year-old kid, and so that has 
uh, protests have started oh, all over see, okay. see, this is the problem with not having a news director. Yeah. Sarah and I were actually noting this in the hallway earlier. That we asked, didn't you ask me something about the weather or something or other? <laughs> you, like it was, but it was like not a kooky. It was like a like an, an actual serious question about like no seriously, what's the storm front? And I said, I don't know because we realized that in the absence of Tim. This is really, you can see, this is like the dynamic at work. This is like when the band sort of breaks up and they all do solo albums and you can hear the component parts of the band. Yeah. And you realize what everybody brought. Or like when a guy leaves the band and suddenly you go, oh, because the band sounds different. And you go, that's what that guy brought to the table. You can see that in the absence of Tim, there is actual real hard news about shootings and beatings and riotings. And meanwhile, Sarah and I are just handing you penis stories (laughs) left and right. And like a thing about a woman falling to her death while playing an angel uh, or whatever. So... All right, so and that's why I tried to find those other stories. But <laughs> we're just like well, dead you know people what? in the snow. They're, they're no they're, good at it. They're, they're I mean, buried. They're, these are hard to find. But yes, uh, there's there's been rioting going on um, for close to I believe a week. And now. so they went right for the tree. Um, no, they're burning everything. They, they, there's cars on fire, and wow. it says right here: Christmas shoppers fled the streets, and retailers rolled down their shutters as protesters smashed storefronts and burned at least four cars. Um, and this all relates back to a shooting on December 6th. Police shot and killed 15-year-old. Um, all right, here we go. Should I should I try to say this? Yes. Mm-hmm. Alexandros go, 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 go. Grigorolopoulos. Sure. Grig- Grigorolopoulos. Grigorolopoulos, that's his name. Um, and so far, there has been $1.3 billion in damages just to businesses alone. You don't really um, think of the uh, the Greeks as sort of a... And they don't seem like a social uh, unrest kind of people. No. They seem passionate and hot-blooded, but in a sort of like a get-me-some-more-lamb kind of a way. Exactly. Smashing plates while they're at a wedding. <laughs> <It's> like, <"Oop-ah!" laughs> I wonder if they're doing it as they're, as they're smashing the store windows. If, yeah. like, I wonder if they have to break in the window of, like, a Nike town, and then, like, Uncle, Uncle Spiros comes and does, like, a little dance, you know? <laughs> You know, you know, sort of, you know, like sort of a, and now we will stick it to the man. Like a mamushka kind of a thing. Well, here's what's interesting, too. Just uh, this is this is actually really big news. But um, labor unions have cited there's a lot of anarchists involved with this demonstration that's going on in Greece right now. Um, But the part of the work stoppage that's happened is that the air controllers, air traffic controllers for uh, have shut down. Greece, basically. Um, 28 flights were canceled, and, uh, yeah, this, it's, it's all sorts of craziness there. Is this, it's, it seems like the, uh, it seems like the wheels are kind of coming off this planet. The last, I don't mean just like in this building. I mean, sort of around the globe. And I know that people often lament that, well, you know, the world has gotten so fast and crazy, and it used to be a simpler time. And usually that's just a bunch of rambling nonsense. But it seems like this year in particular, there does seem to be sort of a general sense of, like, we're all one day away from just sort of, like, we're on the knife edge of mental collapse, kind of just as a globe right now. Sometimes I think it's either that or it's just faster Internet connections. So we're able to get, like, all the stuff's going on. It's right. Just, it's just how, you know, you go on to Google News or Yahoo News, and it's how far deep do you want to get into the news? Do you right. just want to read about, you know, Bush and his leaving a major dump or catastrophe or whatever it was, uh, you know, at Obama's doorstep? But if you want to go two or three levels deeper, then you start getting into this stuff. And um, Because, yeah, the, the, the rioting in Greece has not been, like, it's not been top of the fold story as far as I know all week long, but it's, it's pretty major. Well, it's like we were talking about the, uh, the uh, Blagojevich guy, you know, yeah. who was fantastic. And I just, I hope he stays there forever. I mean, I hope they have to come get him out RoboCop style. Okay. Where it just, <laughs> I mean, I want to see that guy, up there, and I want a recount, and just, you know, and a car. Uh, and I hope they have to come and just drag his ass away and had, just giving him a savage beating the whole way. It deserved, by the way, because, of course, violence towards uh, elected officials is wrong. But I'm saying, in my, in my wildest fantasies, 
I am hoping he barricades himself in his office after like some sort of an impeachment vote and won't leave, and the man has to go in just swinging. That would just make me the. Ha- That's all I want for Christmas: I'm peace and understanding, and a, you know, and an end to strife. Doesn't matter. I want. I just want to see that guy. Just, just savagely given what for on television. I, I would be really good. I'd love to see something like that. Uh, because don't you get the sense that that guy, he's sort of a Buttafuoco. He kind of puts up like, kind of a, hey, you know, you guys ain't going to tell me I had to leave office. But you get the feeling you just go right for the kneecap and that guy's going to whine like a small girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, he's, he's, th- those are the sort of guys that I, I would love to just, uh, I, you know, in fact, I will say it on air right now for everyone to hear. I'm volunteering. You. To take him out of office, if if, if need if, be, if it comes that they if they need to physically within the constraints of, office, of the law, exactly. So I'd want to be you know duly deputized by the state of Illinois to do that. But I would go in and I would relish that. So yeah. we should all volunteer for that right now. We'll get Steve Kastenbaum in just one second. So my my point was going to be that I think you're to underscore what you just said about the internet. I was watching uh, Anderson Cooper and they were talking about this Blagojevich thing and there's you know an Obama and what did he know and when did Rahm Emanuel know it and whatever and I was thinking that it's just it doesn't even really matter I mean it's like there's just it's so difficult to get the attention of the entire American people for anything now it's like when it's like when you're at Sears and like the photographer's trying to take a picture of like your kid. And the kid's like, rah, rah, and the, he's got the puppet, like, look over here for just half a second, for the love of Christ, just so he can get the photo. That's kind of what you need to do with the American people. You need to have, like, the biggest, brightest, shiniest object, yeah. read Sarah Palin, just to kind of get them to all look in the same direction long enough that you can go, you know, please vote for me. Come on. Yeah. Just one. And there's just, there's no way to sort of get the attention at this point that a story like that would deserve, again, as you said, to be above the fold. Yeah. So, um, is that the end of Joy of Christmas? I've got one more if you got time for it, because this one... Um, Why don't we continue it after Steve? Let's do this. Yeah, we're going to talk to CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Then we will wrap up the joy of Christmas. So little to do, so much time. Let's welcome that to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City. CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. How are you today? Doing well. Doing well. Thank you. On the classic one to eight scale, uh, where would you say your personal happiness is at this moment? Oh, uh, today it would be about... a. a Six point seven five. Now, uh, is this because I mean, is that like as sort of like a mean happiness for you? Is that above average? I, I um, yeah, no, I'd say it's uh, well, slightly above average. Yeah, and it's because uh, sorry, I didn't mean to lock up your processor with the question. It was just I was just curious. I had to think about that for a second. Where am I on the happiness on the Steve Kastenbaum happiness scale today? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty good because uh, somebody brought in some homemade fudge. Here in the newsroom today. Now you, now, now you are not in the same building where Lisa Desjardins is, of course. But did you hear the story from Lisa about like the, she was at I don't know, like the Washington press room or whatever, and like all the various networks were having this sort of, it was like a bake sale slash like Tracy Flick vote for me competition kind of a thing, and like she sent me the, the like the best photo ever of the guy from Al Jazeera and these muffins, and they just and they, like the guy's name is like, but his name is like Jack, and it's like you know, and it, and everybody had their own little table, and you would put up. Like, your picture and a little bit about you, and then the baked goods, and then at the end of the day, whatever baked goods were the most popular, like, you got some prize for, like, the Washington press corps. It was, like, some sort of, you know, like, a weird holiday thing they do. And she's, like, literally, it was just like a blowout. The guy at Al Jazeera just schooled everybody. It was like he had these muffins that apparently were just, like, you couldn't turn away from, so. Really? You know, there's so much more fraternal down in D.C., the press corps, than they are here in New York. The New York press club just is not what it used to be, and I think it's because... People are so depressed here because it's one layoff after another in New York City in the, in the newspaper and, and local 
TV businesses here. Well, I, hey, I wanted to ask you something. Speaking of lay layoffs in the economy and all that, is it? I think you may have said this yesterday, and I think I may have left just the greatest joke ever, just lying in the gutter unused. This guy, this this investment guy, built be and I love the word bilking, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, he made off with like this fifty billion dollars. How do you pronounce his last name? Madoff. Have you used the Madoff with fifty billion dollars of other people's money? Have you done you know, that? A radio station in Kansas. Uh, in Kansas. In the, in the morning. Yeah, I think it was Kansas. I was beaten to the been... comedic punch by people in Kansas. Yeah, yeah. I was on. I think it was Topeka. It might have been another state, but um, Topeka. Yeah, yeah. They went on and uh, and they, you know his lead in to me was Madoff. Made off with the fun, with the dough, or something like that. Well, yeah. Yeah. all right. Well, that's all right. I'm going to have a good personal cry about that later on. So, but he's, but this is the sort of thing where I don't understand. I never figure out. I can never figure out how they how they do this. Like sometimes you're in jail, and sometimes you're out on bail. And this guy, they they stuck him at home with a low jack on him, right? He's like at the personal surveillance or something. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, well, we're learning a little bit more about uh, how he was able to get away with this for so long. Uh, because we've read the complaint now against him in, in federal court. And uh, it turns out that he kept a lot of the financial papers for this uh, advisory business under lock and key. And he was the only one who got to see it. You know, he had his sales guys, essentially people who would who would reel in, you know, uh, the investors. But he was the only one who actually saw the finances. And apparently a couple of days ago, according to the complaint, he went to uh, some of his senior employees and uh, said that he told them, the business was a fraud, that he was finished, that he had absolutely nothing, that it's all just one big lie. So, I mean, really there's no gilding of any kind of lily at this point anymore. It really is just, all right. So imagine imagine doing this thing for 11 years. You, you work with the guy for 11 years. He becomes a legend, uh, you know, in, in in the world of Wall Street as as a you know investing guru because he's giving these 10 to 12% returns. And you've invested your whole career in his company, and then he comes in one day and, and tells you it's all just one big lie. Okay, I'm telling you this right now. I mean, you know, obviously Barack Obama's really got his work cut out for him because he's just been he's just been handed this like completely like broken ass uh, uh, country uh, that you know that, that he's got to try to fix, and it's just going to be. I mean, it, it just is like a, it. It is a task that is both. Herculean and Sisyphean. I mean, he's got to fix this whole place. But the one thing, obviously, that Obama has going for him is that people are really on his side. I mean, it does seem like people are really behind him. But he could solidify this right now with, like, you, this, this guy, this Madoff guy, or just one of these bastards, just a, just, a good, just a good public caning, followed by just kind of a step right up and hurl some rotten fruit kind of a thing. Do you remember that kid Michael Fay that they gave the cane to in Singapore some years ago? Yes. I'm telling you, I have never seen people over the age of 55 so unified on any one issue uh, as they were on just uh, on just caning that bastard for spray painting a bunch of stuff. You take this guy, this, uh, I mean, assuming he is found guilty of all these charges, you get this Bernard Madoff guy, you stick him out there in the stocks, and you just have some guy come by and just give him, just give him a good paddling right there. It's like on every network. That is a thing that's going to bond us together as a people and get us through this next uh, this next year, Steve. <laughs> we need a bonding experience like that to turn the economy around. You know what? Hey, paddling's not just for fraternities anymore. I mean, it can be for the fraternity of men. All right. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Yeah. Yes. That's creepy. All right. Uh, are you on tomorrow, sir? Uh, yeah, I'll be here. All right, my friend. As always, enjoy your afternoon. May the good news be yours. We'll talk to you soon. Oh, you know, I'm sorry. You know, what we can do tomorrow. Tonight is the uh, the New York Bureau's holiday party, so I can do a little recap on 
on the holiday party if any TV personalities here in the New York Bureau did anything scandalous. Now, is this like, now when you say the New York Bureau, is this for CNN or for all the media? How does that work? What's the no, breakout then? Just for CNN, for the news desk here in, in New York. So, um, and so, I mean, is there anybody else there? Like, are there other correspondents from New York who you've had on the program? Or are you sort of like, are you the kind of the, the radio public face of that organization? I'm the only uh, one here in CNN, yeah, for uh, for radio in, in the New York Bureau, and and then there's a couple of uh, other folks who fill in when I'm away. But yeah, I'm the, I'm the public face of CNN radio in, in the New York Bureau, so I have to be on my best behavior. Well, as David Simon says, we're doing more with less, uh, Steve. So yeah, actually, we'll check in with you tomorrow. It'll be like one of the, it'll be like the first couple pages of Playboy used to be, which was black and white photos of like you know. You know, the latest, yeah, the latest swing in Shindig at Hef's place, and then there's, like, James Coburn, like, groping somebody. So, uh, but it won't be James Coburn, it'll be you. So we'll check with you tomorrow. I'd like to say I'll have some juicy stuff. Uh, You know, I don't have high hopes, but we'll see. Well, you know, I would say that you speak for all of us on that score, my friend. Okay. Uh, Thank you, Steve. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. There you go. I find it's best to avoid hope uh, at this point. I just printed something, Sarah. Did you, um, have you seen the story that uh, rhymes with, Barbreck. No. Okay. Richie, I just printed something. Will you... I can go grab it. Yeah. Will you bring it in because it's going to tie in, Sarah, with the story that I saw you just preparing. It all kind of works together. Hello, David Walker. Hey, how you doing? Oh, your microphone's off. Uh, There's a button right there. You go. Hey, how you doing? I am fantastic. That that was one of those moments, wasn't it? Those awkward moments. But it wasn't that bad. Oh, you know what? But it's just like, you know, here's the thing. It's just like a little echo from the past when you begin speaking with your microphone off because uh, because Tim was doing that like eight, nine, ten times a day. Really? One of his most endearing traits. Um, so coming up later on in the program, Chris Paddock is going to be in with the top five. We'll do the top five songs originally issued on FlexiDisc. Uh, we will have Dorothy Casaseri from the National Enquirer. Uh, we will have Jim Roop from Siena Radio Los Angeles. More of your phone calls. We will announce the glorious bastard of the week and so forth. Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Speak now for the amusement of the masses. Hey, Rick, how's it going? What's up? Hey, man, I just wanted to, uh, I was over hey, the last Saturday at, uh, Powell's Books there in uh, Cedar Hills Crossing. God bless you. And, uh, I, uh, I did. I purchased uh, In the Heart of the Sea, the tragedy of the whale ship Essex. And when I was purchasing it, I told the lady, I said, thank you very much for supporting the Rick Emerson Show. It's for that reason that I'm buying this book here. And um, it's a, it was a very, very pleasurable experience. Excellent. So, so this is, wait, so this is, so let's, so we'll back up and I'm going to go through the story again, just blow by blow one time. So you went to Powell's Books at Cedar Hills Crossing, 3415 Southeast Cedar Hills Boulevard, where Holland Cedar Hills Boulevard intersect. You walk in, you go to the, as heard on the Rick Emerson show table, you see In the Heart of the Sea by Nathaniel Philbrick, which you've heard us discuss, you purchase it, you go to the counter, and sometimes these stories have a sort of negative twist at the end. We've had people call up, I mean, you know, like in the past, you know, other business, right? and I thank them for advertising on the Rick Emerson show, and then the guy behind the counter kind of blinks and does the Homer Simpson kind of, uh-huh, and then everything sort of wraps up. But, uh, but you thank them, and it was an altogether pleasurable experience. It was, and she said uh, that she felt that it was a good partnership and things were going well as well, so she seemed to, to give me a positive response. Um, lastly, I just I wanted to uh, say, of course, Tim Riley's never far from our minds, and I found myself once again listening to uh, one of the old podcasts where uh, Tim was reading that story about the pig with a monkey face, and he just kept yelling, look at the piglet, and I was like, you can't put a price on this kind of genius. I mean, I just I laughed to the point where I was almost sick just hearing Tim go, look at the piglet, look at the piglet. So... Uh, it's like that sound clip we used to have, and it's like we would hear these. It's, I have these sound bites like filed away of Tim saying stuff, and you, like in retrospect, there is no way to put a context around. Like there's, we used to have this clip of Tim saying, "There's nothing wrong with a two-dollar whore," and it's like, what? 
what would we ever have been talking about that would have prompted that phrase to come out of Tim's mouth? There's just no, there is no retrospective explanation for that. So, well, uh, only on your show, sir. And uh, in case Tim's listening, uh, God bless you, Tim. We'll hear you soon. Thank all you. right, thank you, my friend. Thank you for supporting our uh, sponsors as well. You got it. All right, there you go. There's thank. You. By the way, attention, uh, prospective advertisers. Uh, you did, in fact, just hear someone call up unbidden, unprompted, completely and solely of their own volition to talk about a pleasant experience they had at Powell's Books at Cedar Hills Crossing, one of the proud sponsors of the Rick Emerson program. If you are not currently advertising, your doom awaits you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, in for the laid-off Tim Riley, uh, Portland laid-off media professional David Walker. All right, so we're, we're going to move on to uh, Snuff Watch now. Ladies and gentlemen, here is your, I think it's a double, is it a double Snuff Watch? It is. Here is your double snuff watch for Thursday on the Rick Emerson radio program. Well, first we have a bit of sad news uh, coming to us from Hollywood, Los Angeles, California. Magel Barrett Roddenberry, wife of Star Trek creator Gene Roddenberry, has passed away. She was 76 years old. Now, fans of Star Trek, and if you're not a fan of Star Trek, then you're no friend of mine. And a bad American. That's right. Uh, fans may remember uh, Barrett Roddenberry as primarily as Nurse Christine Chapel on the original Star Trek series, although in the pilot episode... She was number one. She was the uh, the, the the first officer to Captain uh, Kirk when yeah no not even Captain Kirk. This was the Christopher Pike days when Jeffrey Hunter was uh, the captain of Star Trek. I just I want to prove that I'm a, almost as big a dork as a geek as Aaron Duran is. Um, and then on Star Trek: The Next Generation, she was Lawaxana Troy, Deanna Troy's mother. Well done. You know, as you say that, there's sort of like an E.T. stomach-type glow in the hearts of our nerdy listeners <laughs> everywhere. So, um, it's, uh, so, and I, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of a, I'm a, maybe a more of a Star Trek fan than a layman. I'm not, you know, I'm yeah. not like a, I'm not a hardcore Star Trek fan, but I, but it is, we were talking about, uh, there was some story we were talking about earlier where we were saying it was this sort of confluence of hard news and pop culture. And the thing about her is it, it's not just pop culture because she was on the show, but also because even now that is just obviously such a money-making I mean, it's just a gravy train that never seems to end. So then the question is, are, what relatives are now, like, just scrabbling around like rats out of the steerage compartment of the Titanic to try to get a hold of? I mean, like, who runs the Star Trek Empire now? Uh, you know, that's, that's a really good question. Are there kids? Like, is there Gene Jr.? Is, let's see. She is survived uh, by a son, but I don't know how he is involved with the whole Star Trek. Um, you know, Aaron Duran would know all this stuff, by the way. Um but she's, Do you live your life in the shadow of Aaron Duran? I really do. I really do. Because I'm trying to be as big of a, a geek as he is, but I just can't quite get it. Right now, he's really doing kind of a burn, sort of excellent, like <laughs> underneath his breath. You know, right now, as he's sort of typing away on the keyboard. Yeah. yeah. Um, but she's also involved in the new Star Trek reboot movie that's coming out uh, next year, where she's the voice of the computer. As diehard fans know, that she's been the voice of the computer ever since uh, The Next Generation uh, came out back in the 80s. Um, so, yeah, a sad moment. For all Trek fans, but she's definitely an important part of history, and and Gene Roddenberry too, because he gave us a bright, optimistic 
look at what the future could be. It's, we were actually, uh, we were, see, and who says that you don't have a heart, David Walker? <laughs> um, the, uh, now we know what it takes, to, you know, like how many licks it takes to get to your soft, creamy hu- human center. Um, this, but this is like, uh, I think it was, might have been Monday? No, I think it was last week was when Tom Parker was in and, um, and Forrest Ackerman. Uh, oh, yeah. died. And we were talking about how he, you know, he's, you know, he did uh, uh, Famous Monsters of Filmland, but of course, there's probably his enduring legacy is that he discovered Ray Bradbury. Yeah. And, there, you know, there was sci-fi before that, but it really did exist just on the periphery. I mean, very much. I mean, people sort of, you know, people take a lot of cheap and, and I think largely now inaccurate shots at the sci-fi and fantasy and, you know, um, you know that sort of world now and, and the fandom. But... You know, but you think back to pre... I mean, I think Star Trek really, though, was like the absolute... That was the moment where it... That was the big on-ramp into the mainstream. Yeah. I mean, uh, there were there were sci-fi, you know, movies and properties and books before that, but, I mean, Star Trek is really... That is like the absolute... The absolute irreplaceable, uh, you know, step on the ladder. I mean, without Star Trek, there would just be... I mean, we're talking about, like, Gene Roddenberry just died, but, I mean, but, I mean without Star Trek, there really is... I would say that is the probably the indispensable building block for all modern sci-fi fandom and the extent to which it is crossed over into mainstream Definitely life. the foundation. I mean, everything from Star Wars to Firefly to all that sort of stuff really... It, I, who can say if it would have existed if, if Roddenberry hadn't put all that, laid all that foundation? Star Trek out. is sort of the Chuck Berry of the, uh, of the sci-fi world. So there you, the, there uh, you go. The mother load from which all good things spring. So that's the uh, first half of the Snuff Watch. Yes. Second half... This is handed to me by Sarah. I have no idea what this is because that's how unhip I am. But apparently Sparks, uh, it says right here, apparently the Illinois Attorney General, Sparks is a drink, right? Let, let's clear this up. Is Sparks is a caffeinated malt liquor drink. Okay. See, I, I don't know these things. Yeah, it's, it comes in, the, in a can shaped like a battery. Okay. You know, the way, the, way you, the way you just reeled off that description of Sparks is not unlike that guy at Fry's. Or the World of Warcraft is a massively multiplayer online role-playing game in which you can join a guild. That was like, you just sort of like rolled that out as one big word chunk. It's true, I've been a advocate for many years. Right. So is this, this, is what, this is like what hip kids drink, right? Or, no, this is no. what poor kids drink. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah. so it's, it's, but it's, 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 a, hard, it's hard to imagine why their business model didn't work. <laughs> so it's, so it's, it, it, it's, gonna, totally, it's like liquid crack, basically. We're going to target people with no money. So it's, it's, like, it's like old English with caffeine. Yeah, so basically it tastes, like, it tastes like, like evil Smarties. It's like wow. Smarties, but... And you drank this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you want to get your night started, just uh, that's that's the ritual with my friends. I come over, hang on my back porch, have a Sparks, and then go out. Was that, 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 that should have been their slogan. If you want to get your night started, kick it off with a Sparks. But, uh, but apparently they don't need to do that anymore because Sparks is, is gone belly up. Uh, according to this, uh, Illinois Attorney General Lisa Madigan claimed Miller's Coors was illegally marketing the quote-unquote beverage to underage consumers by sponsoring an air guitar champion or something. Uh, these drinks are extremely dangerous in the hands of young people, Madigan said in a statement. They contain substantially more caffeine than coffee or soda and are marketed as a way to power your nights by That's staying awake and drinking more alcohol. Buzz-killed jackasses, all Seriously. of them. Seriously. Yeah. All right. Now what, now what are you and your friends going to do? I am so bummed out because there are all these other crappy ones. I won't name any by name in case they ever want to become <laughs> one of our fun sponsors, but there are lots of caffeinated, you know, malt liquor beverages, but Sparks is where the gold that, standard. It was the original. It's 
You can't go wrong with the Sparks, and I'm going to be very Now, is it gone now? I mean, like, can you go buy it? Like, could you go hoard it and then uh, sell it oh, to your friends for double the price? What are you going to do right after the show? Are you I'm telling be... you, man. This... And that's, that's a good thing about with the way the weather is right now. Nobody's going to be able to get to the store. So Sarah's going to jump out there, and she's going to make a mad rush. And, and now I know what to get you for Christmas. Awesome. Yeah, yeah screw so. that, because I was going to have some people over this weekend, because my sister is um, going to be in town. But... It's not going to be a Christmas party. It's going to be a Sparks party. I'm telling Everyone's going to be cracked out of their minds, and it's only going to be Sparks. <laughs> it really is a pity they didn't hire you to do their marketing, really. <laughs> Get cracked out of your mind, won't you please? Yeah, well, if that, if that was the case, then Lisa Madigan, <laughs> the Illinois Attorney General, would be naming Sarah by, by name in her, in her quotes. <laughs> by marketing these products to Sarah X. Dillon, we are, in fact, engendering the worst kind of social irresponsibility. Yeah, sure. I have to say, I put a MySpace bulletin up about the Sparks, and I have had about wow. 10 responses about it so far. Everyone is very upset. By the way, putting out a MySpace bulletin about the demise of your favorite malt liquor drink takes the place of, like, nine of those questions you have to answer yes to before you assess whether you have a problem. The last bulletin I sent out, I think, was about the death of Heath Ledger. Now, the death of Sparks. Okay. Wow. Well, there you go. So, I'm just saying, the only other people who are really going to be making it to the store during Hellstorm 08 are people who are, you know, like other really serious alcoholics. No offense. Uh, and they're but and they're all going to be going, they're going to go like right for the, the mad dog or whatever anyway. So, I mean, like you probably have that whole section to yourself. I would just, uh, and there's probably, I don't think there's a limit on how many you can buy. It's not like, uh, it's not like Sudafed or anything. You just like, I load your whole car up with that. There you go. All right. Well, well, and and I'm holding another story right here that sort of leads right into that because now that Sparks is going to be off the shelf, if you're looking for unconventional ways to get liquored up, you might want to take um take a a, a cue from this man here who uh got liquored up on Listerine and uh went nuts in a Walmart bathroom. I, I oh, but wait a sec. I'm sorry. I totally messed this up. It happened in Florida. So, oh yeah. no. Oh, we, well, wait, Florida. All right, here let's do this. I'm gonna I'm gonna step in. I'm gonna make an executive decision. Because Rick has to because Rick has OCD and ADD and everything. We're gonna have to close out the snuff watch before we go to. We have to close the oh, snuff okay. watch, and it is now one thirty six. Oh my god. Uh, are we? Hold on a second. Hey Richie, are we doing the top five with Paddock like now? I thought we were doing. No, Dorothy at fifty. I thought we were doing Paddock after or two. I don't know. When are we? When are we talking? When is Chris Paddock doing the top five? See the the little box on the the talking box says now Sarah does that not work for you well, Let's see if the talking box can see well if we have Dorothy and we have a break All right, let's take a break right yeah. now we we'll take a break right now we're going to figure out what is going on we come back more from David Walker filling in for the laid off Tim Riley still to come Jim Roop Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer and the top five songs issued as a flexi disc stay there it's the Rick Emerson radio program. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. This email says, hey, I know I'm late, but about that human heart they found in the car wash. The Soapy's car wash. Sorry. The heart that came, uh, I'm sorry, it says, uh, the heart probably came from, here's how you know you're living in a bad state, by the way. Rick, that heart came from a mobile slaughter truck and is probably the leftovers of a pig. 
Best show ever. Uh, Tom Escapey from Alabama. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Uh, just a moment. More news with David Walker. Uh, late of Willamette Week, filling in for the late off uh, Tim Riley. Still to come today, senior radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. We'll do the top five songs that came out on Flexi Disc and so forth. Hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Sir, madam, is the case maybe. Hey, Rick. Hey. Um, just uh, wonder, you give us so much. Every once in a while I see something I know that is just right in your wheelhouse. Do you know who announced a new fragrance today? Mm, uh, okay, we'll do five questions. We won't do 20. Um, male or female? Uh, neither. Well, thanks for thwarting me right at the outcome. Uh, okay, I got nothing. Uh, Steven Kajagara. No, I'm sorry, what? It's a corporation. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll make so it many easy. CBS jokes I want to make right now. I have no idea. <laughs> Burger King. You're lying. You're making that Ooh. up. You've been, someone has sold you a bill of goods, sir. Somebody has swindled you. Rick, I, I cannot lie. I've looked it up. It's the Burger King Flame. I don't, under, I don't understand. What do you mean the Burger King Flame? Is that a mascot? No, that, well... Have the, a Baconator. No, that's Wendy's. Creepy, I'm sorry. No, no, Creepy Dude's the... Go to the website. You'll find it. It's actually a new fragrance. Swear to Christ. It's like the smell of burgers. But I don't... Okay. Um, let's all stop. Sarah, is this uh, true or am I being made the object of fun over here? Well, you know Burger King has all those really weird advertising. Is this like part of their, like, kind of the off-kilter viral marketing? Like, was it Burger King that did the submissive chicken? Was that them years ago? Yes. All right. So this is sort of part and parcel of that whole kind of left of center uh, advertising campaign thing they do where it's like stuff that doesn't quite seem right. All right. So it smells like... It smells like the actual hamburger, or it smells like the sort of like the, the like the so the, like the smoky smell of cooking. Both, I think the smoke, the smell of cooking burgers, their burgers specifically. Yeah, it says it smells like meat on this one. <laughs> it smells like meat. <laughs> I, I like guys who smell like meat. All right, excellent. Uh, and you can find this uh, at BurgerKing.com. I do believe so. All right, I'm all over that, sir. Thank you so much. All right, it's not bacon, but just as good. Thanks, brother. All right, thank you for listening. That, that sounds was- like my bacon chop because I have my bacon chopstick, and I thought I'm like. Hot dog. I'm going to, you know, it's going to smell awesome. And really, it is really gross to walk around in life with your lips smelling like bacon. Well, that's one of those things that seems on paper like it might be a good idea. It does good on paper. Yeah, not so much. I was actually just going to say, you know, that'll be the next thing for the bacon salt guys. They've got bacon salt, bacon chapstick, bacon A's, like the bacon cologne. If If I met some dude and he's like walking around stinking like bacon... I would walk the other direction. Yeah, I'm just, uh, you know, sometimes, there is, as, as Lou Reed would say, sometimes that's like a mayonnaise soda. There's just two good things that, that don't really go well together. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, filling in for the laid-off uh, Portland media icon Tim Riley, laid-off Portland media icon David Walker. I can't get the mayonnaise soda thing out of my head. Oh. I um, Sometimes I, I like to, like if I'm eating bacon, I rub a little on my upper lip so I can smell it all day long. <laughs> Do you want my bacon chapstick? I think no, because that sounds gross. That <laughs> it's sounds really gross. No, that, that would be weird. But, but, but smearing bacon grease on your face, okay. But see, that's that's not real bacon, bacon chapstick. So it's a, a fake, it's a you know artificial bacon smell. So that's where the line of demarcation is for you. Yeah, like if it's yeah. real bacon, you can rub it anywhere. Yeah, if you smell like real bacon, I'm, that's like for me, that might actually be a turn on. Him and Richie have like this weird food fetish body thing. Uh, well, I mean, I would say that we are it's living in, bacon. we're kind of living in a bacon renaissance right now. I mean, this is, I'll tell you right now, if you're a fan of either bacon or zombies, it's a good time to be, I mean, all they really need right now is a zombie killing game that occasionally when you, like when you unlock an achievement, it spits a, like a piece of bacon out of the console. You know, you congratulations, you have completed 15 headshots. <laughs> have some bacon. And then it pops it right out, or you get a voucher for bacon in the mail, like if you, you know, like if you're able to take down the whole swarming horde or something. Yeah, I'm right. just thinking out loud, you understand. 
No, that's hey, there's nothing wrong with thinking out loud. I do it all the time, Excellent. which is how I came up with the idea of smearing bacon on my upper lip. So, all right. You ought to patent that right now because right now, seriously, there's a guy out there who's like, bacon uh, uh, socks. No, bacon, uh, uh, a kite that no, smells like bacon. No, not a kite. That's dumb. Uh, the, the cold, cold cream, bacon. Okay, bacon, face, lotion, hand, gloves. There's a guy in a room somewhere, and all he's doing, he's being paid to sit and add bacon like in front of other nouns. Yeah. So you got to beat him to the punch on this. Instead of like Vicks Vapo Rub, you could have Vicks Bako Rub. Which, See, here's my taste better going down in a spoonful. I, I, you were talking about that yesterday. The thing is, you, you, I had, I had this guy a long time ago. I had this, uh, he's like a PD or consultant or somebody in radio, but he said something to me that. Uh, it's one of those, so often guys you work with, and especially people who are paid to kind of have ideas like consultants, they're just, they're just jackholes. I mean, they just, they, they never know what they're talking about. I mean, just like, it's just, it really is like so much chaff, so little wheat. But this radio consultant, improbably, had this one good bit of advice once. And he said, whenever you get an idea that you think is too weird or, or crazy or, or, or vile or just too, you know, it's too strange or offensive, it's like, write it down and keep it because eventually there will come a time when that idea is no longer offensive or weird to anybody and it's i mean it's, it's perfectly serviceable and and the example i always uh, trot out is that forever i mean when i was a teenager i think i made this observation that there ought to be like a show where the where the hero was a serial killer and my friend i was like 13 14 my friends like yeah whatever that's crazy get out of here and then of course da 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 dexter so your bako rub idea yep. Crazy now, maybe not so crazy next week. And most of the porn industry is based on ideas that I've had at some point. Really? And yeah, and and friends looking at me going, no, that would never work. Uh, can you give me one example that is clean for the air? No, I could not do Excellent. that. Excellent. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, with the news, here's David Walker. All right, so um, let's turn our eyes towards the southeastern United States to the state of Florida. Uh, uh, wait. Uh, in your face, you're nah, that was that was all you. <laughs> All right, so first of all, because I started talking about this back before the break, um, apparently a man in Jacksonville was arrested for a Listerine-fueled bender in a Walmart bathroom. And, you know, I'm not quite sure how desperate you have to be to get drunk off of Listerine. I remember some guys in high school that mixed grape Kool-Aid and rubbing alcohol, mm. hoping that that would taste like wine. <laughs> it doesn't taste like wine. It tastes like blind. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty nasty. But apparently, uh, 56-year-old Ro- Robert Barry was arrested in a Walmart for um, after he got into a drunken dispute with an employee. He had locked himself in the bathroom where he was apparently chugging Listerine, getting <laughs> drunk. Cops, yeah, I mean... That is so great. You know, it's... um. Have you ever swallowed Listerine? Oh, by by accident. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get a serious stomachache from that's that. A, so, that's a that's a burn. That's gonna be all burning. No, yeah. it's a that's a well. I used to. Uh, there was a guy who lived. Um, I guess still lives. I don't really know. When I was growing up, there was this guy across the street. Uh, actually, and I, his his daughters and I we were about the same age, and so we would you know we were kind of playmates and whatever. And we found out years later. If it's all, we'll we'll leave it at this. Found out years later, there was all kinds of wrong happening in that house. It was like it was like serious. Like it was like. Uh, it's like one, as, as somebody once said, it was like one big Tennessee Williams play there. It's like, uh, but um, but we found out that he was a serious alcoholic and actually had gotten to the point where he was drinking Stetson cologne. And I have to tell you, as a guy who wore Stetson cologne in high school, I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> I mean, on the outside of your body, that's nothing you want. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's like layers of your epidermis just, and, 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 and really every time you smell it, it's like olfactory uh, receptors dying off by the billions. So the idea that you would voluntarily put that into your body there does come a point when, you know, your next call does have to be Drew Pinsky. Well, yeah, that's, uh, was it Kitty Dukakis had her thing with uh, 
Was it Aquanet or something like that? Uh, see, I thought that was rubbing alcohol, but I, maybe not. I, I think she. I think she pretty much tried whatever she could get her hands on at, at some point. And were so. you just were you like you see those guys in the store and they're looking at the maraschino cherries, wondering like how long do I have to let this sit? Yeah. And that was a thing that we always heard in high school, and I don't even really know if it's true. Growing up, we always heard that if you bought maraschino cherries and set them out at room temperature for like a month, that it would turn into like maraschino cherry wine. Which this is this was in Kennewick, right? Well, of course. You gotta yeah, make, so make say, your own fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, there's we could probably go there and sell them a book. Of, <laughs> well, it would have, be more of a picture book, I guess, of easy ways to get drunk. Well, of, so sometimes you're just out of Krylon and paper bags. <laughs> right, here's David Walker. All right, so here uh, also in Florida, I, I don't uh, also where Florida. God damn it! All right. Um, and I, I don't know if this, uh, did you guys talk about this yet? I guess you didn't because he handed this to me. Um, it appears that the police have finally named the killer of young Adam Walsh. Um, as we know, John Walsh is the father of Adam who was, uh, killed in 1981. That's 27 years ago. The weird thing is, Adam Walsh, I read this yesterday, um, I just saw this kind of the headline yeah. about it. And they noted that if Adam Walsh were alive today, he'd be 33. I know. Which I, is, I started thinking about that and it was pretty, in, in, I mean, really... Profound. Like you can't really get your brain around that. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. So. Um, and John Walsh, of course, was the was his father who started the show America's Most Wanted, um, which has led to thousands of of criminals being arrested and apprehended. But also, um, everything that sort of went on, this whole investigation was very botched from the beginning. It changed a lot of the procedures, um, especially in terms of like parents' rights when a, a children are abducted. So um, now, what's really weird is that Otis Toole was the one who was named as Adam Walsh's killer. Otis Toole is one of the most, uh, him and Henry Lee Lucas, was it Henry Lee Lucas? Yeah, no, he was, uh, Otis Toole and Henry Lee Lucas together were, in fact, the serial killers of the month for November in my serial killer of the month calendar. Yeah, and so Otis Toole was named as the killer of Adam Walsh, which apparently the, the, he'd been the number one suspect for close to 27 well, The years. weird thing about this is, though, from what I heard, there's, like, no new evidence. Like, they didn't find a DNA. I think they finally just said, well, there was probably him. Case closed. I think that was sort of it. It was sort of this, this gesture. Uh, I, I believe there was some sort of administrative change within the, um, the, the police department there in, was it Hollywood, Florida, or wherever this was going on. And so I think he just sort of wanted to, you know, make sure he got his Christmas bonus or something I like mean, that. I mean, you know, you, got, you really have to give it up. I mean, in a, in a really sincere fashion. I mean, it's, so, it's so easy to take shots at people sometimes. But you really have to give it up for, uh, you know, for, for John Walsh. Oh, yeah. Uh, because, you know... You know, occasionally over the years, these people with these these stories would kind of filter out where people are trying to say he was like, you know, he was a jerk or he was like a philanderer or whatever. You know, it's like, whatever, friend. I mean, it, 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 I mean, this is a guy who made like an actual, real, honest, concrete, uh, finite change uh, with that show with America's Most Wanted. I mean, I read the stats sometime and how many people they busted because of that show. And it was just like it was staggering. Well, but what's also really interesting, I was thinking about it, is that it sort of led to a new era of paranoia within our our culture. It was before that, you and I are old enough to remember when, you know, you your parents would just let you go wherever, right. you know, unchecked, you know, seatbelts, what were those for? Um, and now it's it's there, that, that whole stranger danger mentality, we live in that culture now, which is a very, uh, part of that is a direct result, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Well, there's probably a happy medium, but there was, uh, there was this sort of laissez-faire attitude about many things in terms of child rearing when I was, you know, here, play with a bag of glass. Mommy yes. will be back later. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we will uh, return with the news in just one moment. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson radio program. 
From America's finest newspaper, the National Enquirer, our good friend Dorothy Casaseri. Hello, Dorothy. How are you today? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm fantastic. Uh, sorry, we're having a little bit of uh, phone shuffling here. So uh, <laughs> thank you for uh, playing. Thank you for playing through the uh, the telephonic pain here and then no managing problem. to hook up with us. Um, I have to make a confession, which is that. I, uh, we had talked about that Martha Stewart story last week, and then I had made this sort of vow within myself that I was going to go buy it and read it, because just the idea of Martha Stewart sort of wheeling drunkenly around her apartment and sort of bellowing <laughs> at the top of her lungs, you know, and just sort of, you know, and just sort of like, I need some tater tots, was just like the greatest image ever. But I, I was sort of, I, I wasn't able to get the issue before it left the stand, so I will not uh, make that same mistake uh, this week. So what can people uh, expect to read when they pick up the new Inquirer, Dorothy Casaseri? Well, you definitely don't want to make that same mistake this week, because inside our new issue, we have an exclusive photo of Michelle Obama at the prom. This is, this is really a, a very, uh, very funny photo. Uh, we spoke with her prom date from high school. Uh, we spoke with him exclusively. He talked about kind of how she was the one that got away. And uh, it's, it's really a very cute story, kind of about a much younger Michelle Obama. I wonder if, like, uh, if you were Michelle Obama's prom date or if you're, like, you know, like the, the, like the girl that, I know, like, like, Brock asked you out for the spring formal and you were like, no, i got to wash my hair. I wonder if you're, like, one of those guys that, you know, you're like Pete Best or somebody of the Beatles just sitting there, like, working at a supermarket and then, you know, occasionally just thinking, what shall I drink tonight until I am unconscious? <laughs> Is the, I think so. Is this the, now I'm looking at the nationalenquirer.com and there is this photo of uh, of Michelle Obama and it, she's like a, like in a wicker chair kind of yeah. a thing? Yes. I, you got the, it. I really, I, I don't know, uh, I guess everybody's prom pictures are sort of different. Um, it, you guys have to come check out this bit. We're here with uh, 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 Sarah Dillon's producer and David Walker is doing the news today. This is uh, Michelle Obama's prom picture right there. See, what what isn't really catching me off guard about the photo, the, it's not the wicker chair that's doing it. It's the slit of her dress. See, and you I think see that slit? no, and I think the photo we're looking right right here because of course you'll have to pick up the inquiry to see the full photo. It's sort of cropped, so I can't really see the oh, yes. slit up the dress. She's wearing kind of a very plunging neckline kind of ensemble, and I have to say that I like it. Well, so. wait until you see the actual photo. You will really like that. That is fantastic. <laughs> there was also, I think it was, I was like Drudge or somebody yesterday. There was some photo of Barack Obama that I'm, I, I think from when he was, I don't know, in high school or college or something, and just like even then, like so much cooler than I could ever hope to be. It really is just depressing. <laughs> I'm sure you're very cool. What else is? Uh, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna leave you with that flawed assumption. What else is coming up in the uh, in the new issue? Do you remember this guy by the name of John Edwards? Ah, uh, John does, Edwards. Does big, that, does that, uh, big plasticky uh, hair looked like a Fisher Price figure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kept talking about uh, running this, electing that, uh, changing something or other else. Yes. Right. Well, you know, his mistress was living in this posh oceanfront spread in California, and now her hush money has pretty much run out, and she's relocating to New Jersey. Well, well, that's sort of a uh, that's sort of an interesting before and after uh, uh, kind of a picture of that relationship. Wouldn't you think? I mean, well, I guess there's no point. I mean, I, I guess if the hush is out of the bag, there's no point for the for the money for said hushing right now. Right. I, right. So because he was because he was paying for the kid and presumably for her, although I guess they never traced it directly to him. But I guess really that is sort of a uh, that's sort of a, that's an expense you no longer need. That's kind of like that's like insurance for a car that uh, you know that fell off a cliff three or four years ago. Really, at this point. <laughs> 
Yeah, but it's very, very true. I mean, so has he ever copped to the rest of it? I mean, he kind of fell off the cultural map and radar for everybody. Has he ever really just come out and said, like, look, it's all true, everything you read, I'm, I'm the worst person ever? I don't know if he put it in those words, but, you know, of course, he did admit to having the affair. He has not admitted to being the father of the adorable little baby, but uh, we'll see. All right. It took him a long time to admit to the affair, so. Well, I'm just saying, you know, if in a few years in New Jersey, if there's like a 9- or 10-year-old running around who does that thing of like, uh, you know, kind of clenching his fist as though he's holding a quarter between his pointer finger and his thumb, <laughs> and he tilts his head at an odd angle and sort of bites his upper lip a little bit when he talks, I think we'll know the answer to that question. I agree. No DNA mapping required. I agree. All right. Um, I do not know if we'll talk to you next week because the holidays are upon us. If we oh, don't. Oh, yeah. Next week is Christmas. It is indeed. So Yuletide Green. Greetings and holiday wishes from all of us here at the CBS Radio Portland, Dorothy. You guys, too. I guess we'll be on a two-week hiatus because of New Year's. Yeah. Also. So we'll more than likely talk to you after the turn of year. So happy New Year. and uh, Talk to you next year. All right. Talk to you. Thank you, Dorothy. Right. Oh, there you go. Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer. All right. Let's all stop and take a breath. We don't have time to breathe. There's so much to do. I ain't got time to breathe. That's sort of the thing. Uh, I had to. Um, so we're going to take a break. We come back. Lisa Desjardins from the Hill. More news with David Walker of uh, late of Willamette Week. By the way, his website is badazmofo.com. B-A-D-A-Z-Z-M-O-F-O.com, which has a nice sort of rhythm to it that I like. Uh, badazmofo.com. More news with David Walker. We'll do the top five songs issued on FlexiDisc and more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program, an excursion into whimsy. 503-733-2970. Thank you for coming along. Uh, coming up later on, we'll do the top five songs issued on FlexiDisc. With our good friend Chris Paddock. Uh, also, late Portland media professional David Walker filling in for late Portland media professional Tim Riley today. More of your phone calls. And we'll announce the glorious bastard of the week who wins, wait for it, the 24-disc collectible box, The Flintstones, the complete series, 166 episodes on 24 DVDs. So we'll do that later on. Welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the Hill, CNN radio correspondent to the stars, Lisa Desjardins. Hello, and how are you on this fine Thursday? Hey, I'm well. How are you? I am fantabulous is how I am. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm somewhere between... Uh, a thing and another thing. I was going to say, here's what I was about to say. This, this is sort of the detritus inside my head that doesn't quite make it out sometimes. I was going to say that I was somewhere between Nathan Lane and Clay Aiken, but then I realized that Whoa. is odd and awkward in about nine different ways, some of, some of which I'm just realizing now having said Whoa. it out loud. It's possible that happened in real life. Where's, where's Rick? I don't know. I, last time I saw him, he was somewhere between Nathan Lane and Clay Aiken. I, uh, I'd give it a few minutes if I were you. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, so now when we last spoke, uh, you actually had to skedaddle because you were headed to, wait for it, CNN Radio Diversity Training. Yes. It was all, for all of CNN, actually. Do you feel more tolerant? I do feel more tolerant and open-minded. Really? Do you? I actually kind of do. I mean, it was, it was, they did a good job of making it um, not what you expected and, and, uh, and not really to the other. The room was packed because everybody waited till the last of third of three sessions. Um, but it, the, the whole idea was 
Uh, it's all about innovation and the Medici effect and, uh, you know, how, how do you get innovation and diversity. Is the Medici effect that thing where your toilet swirls backward if you're, like, in Kansas or something? Uh, it, it, uh, perhaps. Right. It is also um, the idea of, like, the, the Medici family in Italy that, you know, brought together all these great minds from different areas of, you know, different disciplines, and that together they kind of inspired the Renaissance and inspired this great... Is this really how your diversity training worked at CNN? What? Is this real? No, I mean, really, yeah. honestly, is this... Okay, I have in my hand the CBS Radio Portland Diversity Training Handbook. So you get the... I, I don't know the, the the story the story of some like Italian family that fostered a greater cooperation and understanding among peoples from various villages and then I don't know and then I and then I guess you you guys all sat down and had I don't know like baguettes or something this is literally I am reading this off the page this is what I get from CBS complete the following sentence Jewish mothers are typically blank right here I'm not making it up page three seriously uh, Sarah what about the one about Chinese waiters um here we go. Some of these I don't even know what the answer is supposed to be or not supposed to be, depending on how you look at it. Here we go. Complete the following sentence. Lisa, <laughs> waiters in Chinese restaurants are blank. <laughs> I don't even really know. I'm not sure what to do with that. That's great. Okay, welcome and to my hell. challenge. This, we had to figure that seriously, out. <laughs> and I'm, this is, lest you think this is a wacky radio gag, David Walker, who is filling in for Tim Riley today, Yeah. I'm please read the it. front of this. Uh, okay, hold on. He's going to read the cover of this handbook we were given by legal. Words Hurt and Harm, a primer for on-air talent and programming personnel. How to develop greater awareness of and learn to avoid the use of racial and ethnic stereotypes and slurs. So there you go. And by the way, I've spent many, many, many years, uh, you know, like like sharpening my words to a razor sharp tip, specifically to maximize the amount of hurt and harm I can inflict with them. They have some samples in there too, don't they? Of what you shouldn't say. How can I have my uh, words blunted? Uh, yeah, they. Do. So we'll get to that in a second. We've got, but on page three, they do have you fill in the blanks. Here's the next one. <laughs> NFL football players are known to be blank. Which sounds like some weird sort of like, it's like I'm playing like, like, uh, uh, it's like I'm playing Joker's Wild in Hell or something. I don't even, so, and then. I heard that they're pretty good spellers. That's what I was going to say. That's the first thing I think of. And punctual. Um, and so, but then you're. You're, you're doing this test, which, by the way, was a requirement of CBS's HR and legal department. And we had this whole thing of like, okay, well, what am I supposed to say? But then what do I mean by what am I supposed to say? Like, what do they think that I'm about to say? And yeah. then how do I answer the opposite of what CBS thinks I'm going to say to this one, for example? He drinks a lot. He must be blank. <laughs> I would say a weekender, or perhaps recently fired, um, or both. So, I mean, I don't even really know. I mean, I just, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do with this. Um, let's no, no, see. That's kind of awesome hey, and crazy. Would you like to know some things you're not supposed to say? Yes. How about this? Lisa Desjardins. Racial and ethnic stereotypes are major problems in U.S. society. It may seem frustrating, Lisa, as an individual to try to solve this problem. Lisa... <laughs> Have these thoughts ever popped into your head? Be honest. Have these thoughts ever popped into your head? Just what do these people want anyway? How about this one? How about this one? Angry, my, angry minorities make me feel defenseless. 
You know, laughter is not the appropriate response to this. I don't feel that you are giving this issue the gravity it deserves. Apparently not. All right. I need more training. How about... Okay, again, there's the last one I'll do for now. Reading verbatim from the <laughs> words hurt and harm uh, handbook prepared for us by CBS Legal uh, as part of a, you know, an exercise in tolerance. I am reading that here. Lisa... Many ethnicities are excluded from regular, uh, regular roles on television or in movies, or their roles are limited to stereotypical portrayals. For example, I say reading word for word from the CBS handbook. Latin Americans, Latin Americans talk with an accent and eat beans. Really? I swear on all that is Let holy. Me see that. It is on page, it's the last example on page five. <laughs> Latin Americans talk with an accent and eat beans. There you go. Now, so you know where we are? Well, I'm going to do the movie, but this is like three days at the Condor now. This is some kind of code. <laughs> You've got to read number right, two, Rick. Right now, um, right now, Angela Lansbury is cackling evilly somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> this has I'm nothing sorry? to do with diversity Jeez. training at all. This is some sort of terrorist code. Yeah. All right. Um, well, To do it through our diversity training would be just... Genius. Yes. Those are even really awkward to just read. I mean, that's the, like yeah. the whole test like, makes you feel awkward. That? Like that. See, that's my thing. Is like really, if you really need to be told about some of these things, there's no help for you, friend. Like better luck in the next karmic cycle, not being a bigoted jackass. Like there is, like there, there's no helping certain. There just there are people who are just dumb and broken. And you know what? My dad, uh, you know, uh, you know, had many, 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 many personal flaws, but occasionally he'd come out with a gem. And one of the things my dad used to say to me is he'd say, you know, there's just no curing stupid. And, I mean, that really is just one of the true... And that ought to be in the handbook, by the way. That ought to be page one. Here at CBS, we'd like you to know that stupid people can't be helped in any way. It's best to quarantine or isolate them. <laughs> All right. Well, in any event. Well, you meanwhile, uh, just to belabor this, that there was a story yesterday coming out of Alaska um, that apparently uh, that I read in one of the Alaska newspaper sites and that, that they... Uh, that apparently some uh, government workers were found to have emails uh, that were, had you know racial jokes about Barack Obama on them. And these are these are government employees in yeah, Alaska. Government in the state of Campbell, Alaska. I'm shocked. I'm not that shocked. Yeah. So. I'm sorry. I was just I was just, I did I really was listening with part of my brain. It's like a partitioned hard drive that has Mac OS on one side and Windows on the other. The other part of my brain was reading page seven, where I swear to God it is a list of. It is a list of compliments or quote good stereotypes that you are never to use when referring to any group uh you know or uh, ethnic uh, ethnic uh, uh, you know which says these traits may or may not be shared by other members of that person's ethnic or racial group lisa some stereotypes may seem to be beneficial at first but they are explicitly or implicitly combined with bad stereotypes Okay. I would like for you, and we are now, and see, this is an educational portion of the program. We are operating the public interest, convenience, and necessity here at CBS Radio, the Edward R. Murrow Network. Lisa, gay men are not all stylish. The good stereotype that gay men are good at fashion and interior decorating, <laughs> says CBS Legal, reinforces the idea that they are hedonists and superficial Wow. The good stereotype, Lisa, is tied to the bad stereotype that gays are feminine and different from real men. Apparently, there are no gay women in the world of CBS radio, by the way. <laughs> Apparently, if you're the gay, you have to be. I, 
I, I, well, or if you're a well-dressed, or if you're being stereotyped as well-dressed, gay, yeah, you're the man. It yeah. is a uh, it is a cultural stereotype, Lisa, to suggest that all gay men can give you fashion advice. So there you go. <laughs> all right. Anywho, so there you go. Man, yikes! I'm just saying. So yeah, your your day could have been worse. There are those car commercials that are they're actually pretty good about you know the best present ever and like the kid has the hot the what is it the the big wheel right you know the boy's like the big wheel it's the best ever you know and I love that and it really kind of you know I'm not trying to I'm not into like oh. Uh, sexist this sex i mean i admit i'm a little bit sexist um again probably against women you know but um i don't like the commercial where the little girl gets the pony and she's all happy that her friend is mad i don't know i just feel like it's bad i I will say actually that my uh my wife was a woman studies uh minor in utah of all places which is like the weird this like strange and it's like yeah it's like this weird nutty confluence of things um but um, but the one thing that she said, even a little girl that she would just seize on, it was like how the girl was given like a like a like a fake like a toy oven, and it was like a whole lot of like you know, which does really seem like sort of a you know, women love to work, <laughs> women love to spend time cooking things for other people, have an oven. Right, 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 and and like women like it's good when like women um, beat out their friends who are fellow women, you know? Women are catty, even when they're little girls at Christmas. All right. You know, but, I, I'm, I know I'm going a little far, but it just kind of bugs me. Because I, I like those commercials, but that one, I, and that little girl is kind of annoying. Well, if you'd like, I can uh, I can sort of uh, can send this to you. I can have like an inner office delivery of this uh, handbook to you in case you feel like you're not <laughs> quite as inclusive. That you know, like if you great. Like, and I can, maybe I'll send you a copy of the Medici Effect. Yes. And uh, actually, and there were baguettes. I'm not lying. Of course. Yeah. By the way, I'm not. Well, never mind. I'm sorry. Never. No, no, no. I was just going to say. I was just going to ask this question. Did they, in fact, uh, did they, in fact, end a sort of discussion about diversity and not, of course, just uh, sort of assuming that all traits and behaviors uh, go together? Did they include an Italian family in this? But then at the end, they gave you all baguettes. Is that one of the things? All Italian families eat baguettes. Baguettes. Well, uh, there were also cookies and brownies. All right. So, um, you know, was, you even make diversity training sound cute. I do have to say. It was. It ended in a big everybody break into groups and come up with ideas of stuff we can do. And dance, dance, and dance. dance. Real briefly, we should do like nine seconds of actual news here. Okay. Um, so... I, I, I've lost track so long ago of whether we're drilling or not drilling or where we're drilling or if it's good or bad. I don't even know. So are we going to be drilling in the ocean or something or not? Well, how that, you know, this is great because this is a story I've been working on all day, and I finally can talk to somebody about it. Um, what's going on is the Bush administration, there's a very narrow window that has opened, that opened in October after 26 years um, of bans on offshore oil drilling. Uh, the president, of course, ended his, and then Congress couldn't get the votes uh, to keep uh, the congressional ban going. So both of these big bans ended, and then the Department of the Interior, which oversees potential offshore drilling, has moved in like lightning to get the process started. Um, and they've already ended the public comment on offshore drilling off of the state of Virginia which is just bizarre to me, but, you know, there is a little pocket where there might be some oil and gas off the coast of Virginia, and Virginia is kind of interested in the gas. It's not really clear, but uh, the Bush folks think they've got a better shot in Virginia than, say, North Carolina, where there are a lot of more environmentalists. Well, you're not going to be able to start drilling off the coast of Santa Barbara or anything. I mean, like not like right away. I mean, yeah, you got to start. No, not like right away. What's going to happen here is it's going to be a real um, – they're moving forward with this. They're going to come up with a – 
a, a plan and the earliest that drilling would actually take place or the sale of this huge territory of ocean, that leasing would only happen in 2011. So it's many years away and there's lots of studies to go, but it's really going to, the real question is, Will President-elect Obama allow this process to go forward or not? It's not clear. You know, over the summer, at first he was against offshore drilling, but then he reversed course and said, no, that's part of our energy solution. And and he's continued to mention it even after he was elected. So, well, you know, it sounds like he means it. And But we're not sure if this particular um, patch is part of what he wants to see happen. I mean, it's really like a test case of offshore drilling. If they, if they go ahead with this patch in Virginia – then maybe a lot of other things will be opened up, maybe not. It's hard. We just don't know how the Obama administration is going to tackle This is like when you buy a new, uh, like a skincare product or something, and there's that thing like test on a small area of the body yes. first. One yes. that is covered by clothing. So like if it gives you shingles or something, like nobody can, you know, like you, right, you right, can't be right. seen. All right. A small 2.9 million acre spot. I mean, well, but I mean, I didn't, first of all, can I tell I think I speak for most Americans, and I say I didn't really know Virginia had a coast. I mean, I don't think. Oh, I, come on. Are you serious? I mean, really, Sarah, if I'd asked you the day right now, Yes or no, Virginia has a coast. Would you have known? I would have probably said no. I wouldn't have known either. Really? Sarah went to college, by the way. <laughs> that is fascinating to me. David Walker, would you have known? I would have known. I've Not been to Virginia. So really? Yeah. How do you, I mean, like, Virginia. Were you struck by the beauty of the coastline? Yes, I was. It was It was breathtaking. Are you I, being sarcastic? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Was that, I mean, the Atlantic Coast Conference, I mean, it. We're on the Atlantic coast. I know that, like, your mathlete brain is offended by the fact that I didn't know this. I just, no. I am, I am Miss South Carolina. I mean, there's just no getting around it. So. From the ocean, and then they went to Virginia. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean for, look, I know that you're, I know that you're crying on the inside right now for me. I just, my final thought as we wrap this up is. Well, it's just, I'm such a Virginian at heart. It's just, it, I mean, it's good Who's to a Virginian know. at heart? Even Virginians don't want to be Virginians at heart. I mean. What? I'm just seriously. What does that mean? <laughs> Oh, man, I'm thinking nerve strike. What? What is happening? Wow. I'm sorry I didn't realize I stepped on this tripwire of emotions that you have set here. Jesus. What? Uh, look, I think you... Uh, uh, do you need some time to to compose yourself? Wow. I I, I feel like I, I I don't know where I am. Where? What country is this? What's it's happening? a world gone mad, Lisa. Up is down and left is right. Oh, my gosh. Are you on tomorrow? That's... Because I feel like we'll need some closure on this. Man. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Well, right. I guess it's good to know where you stand with a person. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's like a vapor lock in my head right now. I really don't know how to end this. All right. Uh, Lisa, here's the thing. I think it's important that we speak tomorrow regardless of what your schedule might be. <laughs> All right. I think so, too. And that's not really an awkward, um, I'm secretly mad at you laugh. It's just no. I'm really... Hanging up now. Wow. Okay. Reaching for the phone. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. No thanks. Very much. Okay. There. Okay. And we're done. I took an awkward turn into Weirdville. Okay. Hi, David Walker. How are you? I'm doing good. All right. We come back. Uh, we will have the top five songs. His shoot on Flexi this with Chris Paddock. Uh, I'm sure you'll have uh, you'll have lots to say about it. We'll also uh, do uh, some news on the other side of it as well. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere. I will break the hearts of stone. Give them hearts to love alone. I will speak my word to them. Who shall I sing? Here I am, Lord. Is it I, Lord? I have heard you calling in the night. I will go, Lord. If you leave me, I will 
Hi, hello. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming along. It's 503 Oh, and now I was going to... Now, too late. I just asked Sarah as we were... As we were coming back, I said, do I have time for a call? And you said one. And actually, the call I was going to pick up, now she's gone. And she was calling about mayonnaise. Now what are you going to do? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. Hey, hi. Hi. Hey. I am drinking a Viso Will that I purchased this afternoon at the cafeteria at my work compound. They just started carrying it today. Uh, and by compound, you mean Nike? No, no, Fred Meyer main office. All right, excellent. Uh, Fred Meyer, of course, Viso available in the cold section of all Portland Fred Meyer locations. So they now they they have it there. Now, did you buy it from the like? Did you get it yourself and bring it in? Or did you buy it from the actual store there? No, in in our main office we had a cafeteria. Mm-hmm. And they st- oh they have it okay so they stock it in the actual cafeteria. Uh huh. And is this your first experience with Viso? No. All right, but you also... I asked them. I asked them to get it, as I'm sure many of the other people did. So you've actually agitated for Viso to the point that they have begun stocking it. Correct. All right. What is your name? Lorraine. All right, Lorraine. Thank you so much. Uh, now, are you? Uh, how did you discover this very fine radio program? I used to listen to the Comedy Channel, and then you magically came on. All right. Well, and it was magical, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. All right, Larry. You, thank you for listening. You spread the word. You call us anytime. Thank you. All right. Thank you. By the way, attention, uh, prospective advertisers. That's now the second time in as many hours that somebody has called up of their own volition to extol the virtues of a product that they heard about on this the Rick Emerson program. In these times of economic strife, uh, strife, you you really disregard the power of this show at your uh, at your own peril. What? Who's on the warm line? Richie, who's on the warm line? Well, no one, because I'm hanging it up. So there you go. The end. QED. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for your top five. five. Four, three, two, one, fire. Counting is wonderful. Counting is marvelous. Counting's the best thing to do. Counting is happiness. Counting is ecstasy. I love to count, don't you? Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our top five. Uh, David Walker, late of Willamette Week. What is a flexi disc? You're asking me. Yeah. You know, I've been sitting here this whole time just sort of smiling and nodding my head. You don't know. like I knew what it was. And thanks for calling me out on that. I oh, really, see, no, really I, I would have figured we were about the same age and you would have known that. So I'm, I'm sort of surprised by that. Actually, I'm, I'm probably a little bit older than you are, so maybe it's a, a youngster thing. Maybe. Well, maybe it's a, are we, is it, maybe it's a matter of terminology. Chris Paddock, I say again as James Lipton, what is a flexi-disc? Well, a flexi-disc is uh, something that would appear in a magazine or a book, and it would be... Flexible. Okay. It was so, very thin, and sometimes it was square. You'd have it would be perforated, and you take it out of the book, and then you lay it on the turntable, and you have to probably set like a penny or a quarter on the middle of it so it would actually spin and play decently. Okay, so I do. I, I know what they are. All right. right. And, so, and we're also going to be talking about uh, records that came off of the back of cereal boxes as well. Do you remember uh, those? Yes, I do. Okay. All right. All right. There I know you put, this is a labor of love. I know you've poured oh, sort it of is a labor of love. I'll tell you what. The cream of your uh, of your musical knowledge into this list. Indeed, indeed. So here we go. Are we uh, starting this ladies countdown? And, ladies and gentlemen, the top five songs that came out on FlexiDisc with Chris Paddock. And or cereal boxes. So here we go. With honorable mention, it was a FlexiDisc. This is Billy and the Boingers. I'm a Boinger. <laughs> From the book? From the book. Uh, that was co- It was a Bloom County collection. It was uh, the Billy and the Boingers bootleg. Yeah. And it uh, pretty much did the entire uh, story of how 
they became the Boingers. Here's the thing that somebody ought to do. I'll put this in this. Uh, I'll put that in the, this idea in that never to be completed anthology documentary of mine, like where they interview the guys who play on Muzak records. I want to know, like, who is this actual band? Because it was, I, remember, it was a contest where in the last panel of that Bloom County, it was right. like, send your submissions in, and then Berkeley Brethren picked. He you know, picked the band, yeah. and I'm looking for it right now. Uh, of course, I don't have it handy. I mean, I feel like a. Dork. Did you read the final opus last month? No, I didn't. I cried like a woman. Did you? I did. It was. Uh, you yeah. know, I, you know, they didn't. They don't rerun that. Um, a wish for wings. Either. Really? Remember a that wish Christmas? for wings that work? Yeah. Remember that uh, Christmas special they did yeah. the Bloom County thing? Well, you know, the original band's name was Death Tongue. Yes. And they had to change that because uh, I guess the band got signed in the, the the panels of Bloom County to CBS Records. How ironic. Fantastic. <laughs> okay. If you, by the way, if you find this book in stores now, the record's always gone. Always. Oh yeah, they, they people rip it off. Yeah. I will find the name of that band. I'm sure a, a really smart listener out there. Top five songs that came out on a flexi disc or on the back of a cereal box, Chris Paddock. Number five. This is uh, Bobby Sherman. Easy come, easy go. Not one of the original Teen Idols, but a Teen Idol from long ago, certainly. Yeah, he made an appearance on the Partridge Family. It was sort of spun off of that show. Wasn't he on Shindig? I think he was a featured singer on Shindig. He's a singer on Shindig, but he's, he also appeared in an episode of The Monkees uh, as a teen idol, oddly enough. And uh, Here Come the Brides. It's like a Western show. I never saw it. Very vanilla. Can you tell? He had his own, he had his own series, I think. Yes, Getting Together, which went up against All in the Family and was killed. Not enough of an audience for Archie Bunker. How old is this guy now, do you suppose? Uh, let's see. I'm going to say he is... Uh, 50 No, dude. I think he's 65. Bobby Sherman is 65. Yeah. Yeah, wow. it just says he was born in 1943. You know, that's crazy. And, you know, he also built uh, by hand the entire Main Street block of Disneyland by hand uh, from scrap. Where? Like in his house? Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. And My not sister like... used to get Tiger Beat, so I would read that stuff and I'd find out interesting factoids about Teen Idol in the it? 70s. I have a question, and then we got to move on, but yeah. why, why is it called Tiger Beat? What is it? They were, no lions. English, no... they were young lions. They were young tigers. It's young like, Turks. It's like Captain Kangaroo. That's just a name that comes from nowhere. Tiger Beat. Right. Catch right. it. Top five songs that came on the back of a cereal box or on a flexi disc, Chris Paddock. Number four, The Sugar Bears, You Are the One. Yeah. I'm proud to say this came off my personal MP3 player. So hot. I had this... You, are you a furry? <laughs> you know, I was wondering about this the other day, Sarah Dillon, because she noticed I have uh, pictures of me with Chuck E. Cheese and HR and Puff HR Puff and stuff. And now she's wondering if I'm a furry. You no, asked me some very anything, odd questions. Like sugar bears, I don't know. Like, does that seem something? Might say something fluffy. And then I like candy. About raping something? Remember, wasn't that? <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> that was the Travel Lodge bear. Yes. Yeah. I wasn't. Okay, I am not was, a furry. No, no, no. Everybody, stop. I wasn't talking about raping anybody or anything. <laughs> I guess you can't Chris, see me pointing on the radio. Chris Paddock I, had I made this about reference it. about, yeah. and it contained the phrase, when you're raping the Travelodge bear. <laughs> I, I think I was administering the date rape drug to the Travelodge bear. Because you were saying wow. it was marketed to furries, that's why. I have a theory that Travelodge is trying to, between the lines, market to furries because they have very, they've sexualized that mascot. And if you've seen the soap that they have in the shower, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's I'll scan it and put it on my website. Right. It's very creepy. Let me tell you this about, uh, you know, is there going to be disturbing? Me about, no, it won't. It's about all these creatures and things. I love cartoons a lot. And I love a lot you of stuff them. from... With a capital L. I don't, love, I don't covet them. 
I love them. I enjoy watching the programs that they came from, like the banana split. David Walker, what's your, what's, your, what's your read on this you're, thing? You're taking something and you're just perverting it. Now, I'm just, I, I'm just thinking, you know, I'm glad you're being put on the spot now. Yeah, me, see, so, that's good. But, right, Dave. But, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, I love the banana splits and H.R. Puffin. See, stuff. I love all that stuff. And, and I remember seeing H.R. Puffin stuff live on parade. I went to the ice capades for H.R. Puffin stuff when I was seven. You know, you guys have 29 levels of compatibility right now. Uh, <laughs> no, that's for maybe, sure. Maybe later we'll set fire to Dave's ex-girlfriend's car. No, wow. I'm sorry, Chris Paddock, but your Facebook picture has a very old Chris Paddock standing next to the HR Puffin. That's stuff when there. I met him at the uh, the Museum of Television Radio, and I also met the, the Croft Brothers that, that uh, afternoon. By the way, I like the fact that you claim I'm perverting something beautiful like you're raping of the Travelodge Fair. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to tarnish uh, it. Can we talk about something interesting about the Sugar Bears for a moment? Sure. Are you aware that Kim Carnes was a member of the Sugar Bears? I was not aware yeah, of that. Do you know the name of the band of the people in the Sugar Bears? No. There was Sugar. Of course. Okay. Scooby. The, 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 of course, the token female Honey. And my favorite, the drummer Doobie. Really? Yeah, they had Doobie a Doobie Bear. <laughs> Doobie Bear. All right. Uh, that being said, I, again, I should admit for the record, this song came out of my MP3 yeah, player upstairs. From Rick Emerson's so. collection. Right. These are the everywhere. top five songs that came out on a flexi disc or the back of a cereal box. Chris Paddock. Number three, It's a Gas. Alfred oh, e. oh, Newman. Oh, I'm sorry, me. I was playing that out of order. Yeah, my fault, my nah, fault, my nah, fault. Nah. All right. Start over again. All right. Yeah, here we this go. was Mad Magazine's first recording. Yes. It's a gas! Now, Sarah will not, of course, enjoy this, but she'll understand why. She'll understand why boys of all ages love this record. Oh By God, the way, gonna have fart noises. here we go. Well, wrong end. <laughs> yeah. It's a gas. I uh, I should say, uh, David and I were talking about this during the break, about comic books and how I have maybe more comic knowledge than the layman, but I'm not like on a Aaron Duran or, you know, Bobby Roberts level. Yeah. Hitting the post there. But, you know, my thing is Mad Magazine. I know Mad Magazine like backward and forward. I mean, you know, I just that's that's what I've got an encyclopedic knowledge of, and I'm proud to say I own uh, the super special issue with record in intact. Wow, that it's a gas came from. Uh, was, it, was, it, was it Mad Number Nine or Mad Nine or something like that or more? It was like a collection. Was it? It was one of the super specials. And yeah. on the front, Alfred e. Newman is he's wearing he's dressed as Sinatra, and then there's like the Beatles and Dylan yeah. and all those guys in the audience sort of like vomiting because it's. You know. <laughs> I love Mad Magazine. Top five songs that came out on a flexi-disc or cereal box, Chris Paddock. Number two, The Monkees, Last Train to Clarksville. Now, I didn't know this. This was on a cereal box. Really? Yeah, well, see, The Monkees had a resurgence in the early 70s when they were just a trio. Peter Tork left. So they started showing the show on uh, Saturday mornings, and it had a resurgence of popularity. Hence, Davy Jones being on the Brady Bunch. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Was it because somebody lied and said they had cancer or something? Uh, no, that was the episode with Joe Namath. Oh, sorry. Yeah, this was the one where uh, Marsha was the president of uh, Davy's fan club, and that's how. That's I remember reading comics from yeah. that era, though, from the 70s, and there would be, like, the ads for the Davy Jones fan club. Yeah. And they were so weird because it wasn't a photo. It was, like, this really dreamy drawing of him with, like, long, flowing hair and, like, hearts all around him. Yeah, he kind of looked like Jesus. Yeah, it really, he right? did. A shaven Jesus. Jesus Jones, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. ha, ha, ha. Yeah. All right. Uh, this appeared also, if, you should, uh, if you're curious, on the back of an Alphabets box. Remember Alpha? I do, and I'm back on the, the Sugar Bears thing yeah. and also thinking of Sugar Smacks and how you could never now market a cereal that just had sugar yeah. in the name. It was called Super Sugar Smacks. Not just like... And, and, it is, and it is a slang for heroin, too. <laughs> sugar heroin. 
Buy some today, won't you? Delicious. Uh, top five songs that came out of Flexi Disc or Cereal Box. Chris Paddock, number one. Number one, the Archies, Jingle Jangle. There's another song from my personal collection upstairs, by Thank the way. Thank you. So take that, Sarah Dillon. Yeah. Who's not even listening? What? In your face. Yeah. Good you producer me of the Chris show. Paddock. Oh, I showed you. You you weren't even listening. No. Tuned out. Her ears kind of glaze over. It's right. You know what? I, look, I hung out one night with Sarah Dillon, and that's it. It's you're over. Right. It's over. Suddenly. I think you're exaggerating a little. What's going on, Chris Paddock? Where did our friendship go awry? I don't know. I think it's just there's a lot of lot of unintentional ribbing going on here. What a, I'm not taking it personally. You know, between this and Lisa going crazy about that Virginia thing. Sorry. I've just been sitting over here and I asked one question. I asked if he was a furry, and then now I'm attacking him. <laughs> All right. I, I might be... I'm going to change gears here for a minute. There's a radon this, leak this in the studio. Is this going to be bad? Is this there something be else going on? Are you projecting? No, this, the, no, there was the question that you asked me a while back when we were drinking. Do you remember this? No, I remember Sarah Wagner asking you. Was it Sarah that asked me, or I'm was it you? I'm going to get something from the fridge. You all can see it. Was it the uncomfortable one? It was the uncomfortable one. No, question. how could you possibly think that was me? That was Sarah Wagner. She, she, by the way, she blamed you for that. Oh, that yeah. little bird. So, David, what are you going to do this week? <laughs> anyway, no, I love the Archies. By the way, the Archies yeah. playing underneath this whole weird, awkward discussion <laughs> makes it so much thing. more surreal. And by the way, this song, like, it, it kicks ass. It really does. But yet... We're talking about an uncomfortable moment between Sarah and I. But it wasn't even my moment with you. It was you. someone else. In, it was another Sarah. So they're all sort of interchangeable. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, the... Paddock. That makes me feel really special. <laughs> you know, that's page five I of the CBS win. handbook. I can't win. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I don't even know now. This thing, the, the wheels fell off. The, the the cardboard record fell apart. I did, by the way, just last year buy this uh, at a toy fair. I bought the, the actual, actual record? cereal box. Yeah. The, you uh, have the whole Archie's collection, don't you? I do. I, d- I was very excited. I think, Rick, you were with me when I found out that iTunes re-released the original artwork. That's right. Of the first three Archie albums. Hey, look, who am I to come? I got, like, original Ohio Express 45 that are, like, you know, that I treasure like they're gold, so. Yeah. All there right, you then. go. Well we've, done, we've Chris We've taken Paddock. something and we've perverted it. Again. It's what we do. It's our yeah. only real superpower. Dave, aren't you glad you were here for this uncomfortable moment? This, yeah, well, she did ask if you were furry, and i got to take your side on that one. And I think there's probably something in that handbook about that. I think that that's in a Probably. Book. Although the handbook does also say that when you're in the studio, none of these rules apply. That's right. Uh, apply. normal rules. It does actually specifically yeah, say that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Back after this, we'll wrap it up. Another new segment from David Walker around the corner. Like us at 3. Michael Mara Show 7. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Join us tomorrow, and our guest will include Scott Daly from FilmFeverRadio.com. And, of course, uh, every day through the end of the year, we have a different laid-off Portland media professional filling in for the laid-off Portland media professional, Tim Riley. Again, a day has passed where we didn't play the Motorhead Christmas song. And oh, damn it. I know, we suck. And also, I did not get to this song. If you go to RickEmerson.com, you're going to see these photographs. And I did not get to the song that accompanies said photographs that Lisa Wood uh, uh, gave him. But we'll, um, I'm just going to show you this, Sarah. Just look at that right there. Oh, my God. Also, no, 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 the inside. Look at the inside of the CD. That's glorious. And I want to say that it's not ironic, by the way. There is, uh, there's, there's nothing sort of uh, winky or nudgy about this. And she's a little sassy pants. Yeah. Yes, she is. Uh, all right. Uh, we'll get to, we'll wrap it up with a couple calls here in a moment. Ladies and gentlemen, let's pay a final visit to the news desk with David. And now, from the CBS Radio Center in downtown Portland, this is the news. Hello, David Walker. Hey, how you doing? All right. 
Are you sad the program is coming to a conclusion? <laughs> this has been great. This has been a re- I mean, it gave me an excuse to put on clothes, because otherwise I just sort of sat around in my underwear all day. So Fantastic. Yeah. Um, although I was tempted to just strip down. That's how comfortable I felt. I thought I could do this in my underwear. You know what? This is our special secret room. I was going to say, the, the rules of HR do not apply in here. Honestly, so. then we're being honest. If you take No, when you take the CBS and decency test, they do, in fact, note at one point that, like, that, like, none of the stuff you just read applies if you're in the studio doing a show. Like, you can just, I mean, you could just punch people in the face, you know, and just, it doesn't matter at all, so. Well, that's good to know. That's yeah. good to keep in mind. Um, this next story is, is interesting. It made me think of something you were talking about the other day, which was your prized possession, the Aussie gum. Yes. Yes. Um, Scarlett Johansson apparently has uh, put a dirty tissue on eBay. It's the only kind of tissue she has, David. That's right. Um, and she's... Is she selling this for some sort of charity? I don't know. I, 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 who wants to buy this? Um, bids at this point are up to $2,000 for Charlotte's snot-encrusted piece of tissue. Is that actually in the buyer's description? No, but come on. Snot-encrusted. PayPal accepted. And, and, and I, I started thinking about this. Why would you buy this? And then I realized if her DNA is on it, you could find somebody who could clone her for you. That's what I'm saying. And then that's you have your own little Scarlet at home. That's right. Oh, so. wow. That's you, well, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying what we're all thinking and what David was clearly thinking. Do you, Let me ask you this. Do you remember, this is one of those things that, this can't be just me and this one other uh, listener who remember this. Do you remember Scarlett Johansson saying that she would do nudity if Barack Obama was elected? That she would finally just say, screw it, here they are. And go nude in a movie? I, I seem to recall that she said that. So. I don't know why nobody's digging that story up. I mean, that's really where, like, uh, there needs to be that's some Mike Wallace investigation. work like. on right there. I'm just, you know, just saying. You know, we could, uh, you know, we could end this year, you know, on a, on a real, on a relatively up note here. So, um, Sarah, are we... We have a little less than a minute. So a little less than a minute? All right. Well, I will say that uh, if you're interested in buying a space shuttle, NASA is giving the space shuttles away for free starting in 2010. <laughs> They only cost $42 million for shipping and decommissioning. So you can get it for free. It just costs $42 million. Is that like the, the, that's the latest action from the Fed? You know, in addition to cutting interest rates, do nothing. They're now just going to give you a space shuttle if you can, like, that's sort of like a, you know, take if want. Yes. You know, like on the, like that, the box on the corner of Southeast Portland Street where it's like, you know, if you can haul this away, it's yours. Yeah. There is some paperwork that you have to go through, too. So. Uh, yeah. Well, we should take this opportunity to say thank you for coming in. It was, thank you I mean, so it was, much. Well, thank you it for really was, It really was. And, uh, you know, and as we have been saying kind of throughout this week and last week, I mean, not to be too maudlin or cloying about it, but, I mean, it's just, it is uh, it is hard times, uh, as they say. So, I mean, you know, like when we had Heidi Tauberon, who, you know, from, from KPOJ, who was sort of let go and then scrubbed uh, from all of the history of that station. It's always uh, good to kind of hear from, from folks who, uh, you know, who, who maybe don't have, you know, who, who were somewhere and then the next day were not at that place. Would you ever like to come back, David Walker? Sure. I could do that. I can't, I can't tell if you're screwing with us there I can't tell either. Uh, his I website is voice. badazmofo.com. B-A-D-A-Z-Z-M-O-F-O.com. Uh, badazmofo.com. You can also email David Walker, mofoman68 at hotmail.com. All right, David Walker, thank you. Thank you very much. Right. Uh, Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen for AM970, the talker in the newsroom, David Walker in the phone. Richard Bristol, the gatekeeper, Dave's in, webmistress, Bridget from upstairs, and of course, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan, don't F with me, Reynolds. We want to thank Chris Paddock, Lisa Desjardins, Dorothy Carcassari, Jim Roop, Steve Kastenbaum, and Amanda Moyer. Like us next, Michael Maris Show at 7. Thanks for listening. Be safe. Watch out for snakes. Bye.